Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. I'll go ahead and start off, um, you know, after evaluating, you know, training camp and the film and all that, uh, I made a decision. Anthony will be the starting quarterback this year for us. Um, like the progress he's made, excited about his future uh, and this playmaking ability that he brings to this football team. Uh, and with that being said, you know, we're super excited to have Gardner Minshew, uh, ultimate teammate, ultimate pro, does everything right, grinds and grinds and grinds. And uh, he's going to be great for Anthony. He's been great uh, for him all season, you know, through training camp and all those different things. But excited about Gardner uh, and the future of this football team. Uh, honestly, I was shocked. You know, uh, I've been grinding, putting in work just to, you know, get the title. But you know, it's not really all about the title. You know, I'm, I'm just trying to make sure I'm ready for the team. You know, despite you know being late, we're asking we want. You know, I still got other guys in the room helping me. You know, get to that standard. So I'm forever thankful for them. You know, I appreciate them, and I'm glad. You know, I did get the nod, and you know, I do got the, the trust in the, everybody in the building to think that I am QB one. I'm Brian No. He's Jimmy Cook here on the fan. Oh, Lord. What a day. Oh, my gosh. You know what? A couple observations here, <laughs> Jay Cook. I think Shane Steichen wasn't doing his Lara Overton impression yesterday because she was listening to the fan. Uh, Shane Steichen didn't take any of my advice. <laughs> By waiting, easing into this thing over here, he's like, eh, thoroughly outplayed, can't complete hitch routes. Let's start him week one. What the hell? Sounded like he took my advice, which is full season of work. Find out what you have. More reps. Let's roll. Find out what you have. Find out what you have. I mean. <sighs> I want a full season of work. For the quarterback that's been pointed at for the last three, four, five months as inexperienced, needs more reps. How do you get that? QB1. Man, I, I look at it. Call me crazy. Crazy. And I think, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you got to show signs of being ready. I, I know it's wild. It's crazy <laughs> to think that, but I, I don't understand the timing of this either. I really don't. I'll give you that. It is weird. Okay, good. <laughs> Air high five. Air high five, high five for agreement there. It too took me a little by surprise that today was the day. I I just don't get that. And it's funny too because I think of a million things before the show begins. And this news, it didn't break that long ago. It broke today. And, um, you know, I, I immediately think that it's a decision I disagree with that's been established. I just don't think he's shown signs of being ready yet. I think that he's gotten to this point based on potential. At some point, it's got to be about his play and his production, right? Like, he wasn't the fourth overall pick based on his play and production. It was based on potential. He's not named the week one starter based on his play and production. It's his potential. It's been potential, potential, potential. He's got to start producing and playing well. Now that he's an NFL starting quarterback. So it might have gotten him to this point, but that is going to shift quickly in the league. Look at a couple of guys here, Jimmy. Look at Trey Lance with the 49ers. 
number three overall pick. Uh, you got Sam Darnold, former number three overall pick. They are both backing up the last pick in the entire draft in Brock Purdy. So it's a production business. It is not a potential business, and it's worked to this point, but not going forward for Anthony Richardson. And hey, for Colts fans far and wide, they hope that's the case, that the production meets the potential. But that's I want to make that clear. I, I get that he's got this opportunity a bit. I disagree with it based on potential, but that's the end of this train. It, it is the production train from now on out. Yeah, I mean, look, you're not going to sustain life in the NFL based on upside alone. At some point, it's like, well, yeah, he has these great blink and you'll miss it type plays. But there's also well, when you're locked in, it doesn't always look so good. Like that, that's where we're at right now is high upside and questionable floor of where that's at. And he gets the opportunity based on what he can be and what he's lacking right now, which is experience. That, that's been the one thing you and I have, have agreed on throughout this is, yes, he, he's an inexperienced quarterback, did not get the type of consecutive repetition that you would like at the college level, but now he's here based on just his intangibles and, and, and his physical gifts and the thought that you can mold him into something special, mold him into clay, as you always like to uh, <laughs> to, to, to play off of there. But, but the other telling thing about this, and again, the timing's a little weird, because it, it makes more sense to me to, like, you know, I said mixed bag yesterday. Mm-hmm. I didn't say mixed bag and then name him the starter on Tuesday. <laughs> I figured, you know, let, let, let's move a little bit more, get a little bit more, maybe not necessarily consistency, but just a brighter, full, complete picture, even if it's an overreaction from the last preseason game or the second to last preseason game, and then name him the starter. But they've opened the box. It is what it is. The telling point, though, about that entire Round of questions in the media scrum by Shane Steichen, and this has been reported on by our own Kevin Bowen, Stephen Holder, Mike Chappell. He said for the whole regular season. Mm. So this to me, and I know you can always change your mind in the NFL, but this is putting at bay our initial fears of, well, once you put him out there, if you pull him, you're risking, well, they're not pulling him. They, they have said they are not going to pull him. Doesn't mean they can't change their mind, but this is what I asked for, which is a full season of work and then see where we're at. And that is what they appear to be committed to as of about an hour or so ago. It's just an awful decision. Awful. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Jimmy, listen, if you want to name them the starter, okay, I get that. I disagree, but I get it. The guy is really talented. He's got a ton of potential, high ceiling. I get all of those things. But it's the timing of it that you and I agree with. He was completely outplayed by Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew was six for six. He didn't throw an incompletion, right? Like Gardner looked good. Anthony Richardson, I, I, you know, hear me out. We're great on the curve because this is his first NFL action. So I don't expect just this finished product, but I do expect him to hit hitch routes. I do expect him to not be wildly inaccurate on a couple of throws, you know, overthrowing a six foot four Pittman Jr. <laughs> I mean, like, not even getting it close to an outstretched, you know, tight end when, when he's wide open for a hitch route. That much I do expect. But it's like, it's right after that. It's immediately after he showed a lot of holes in his game in his first action against the Bills in a preseason atmosphere. And then he's immediately named the week one starter. And, and oh, sorry, let me backtrack. Not the week one starter, the starter for the season. 
And so if he struggles to the point where you're like, we, we got to get him just a rest. We got to, you know, throw in Gardner there for a week or two and just let this guy regroup. We're going to go back to, but you named him the starter for the season. Yep. Why, why wouldn't you just name him the starter for week one? It's like, I, I know they want to just back this guy and show him full and utter confidence, but sometimes that can completely backfire. If they say, he's our starter for week one, he's QB1, Anthony Richardson isn't going to be like, not for the season? Like, the reaction isn't going to be, wait, Shane, just week one, that's it? We're going to be fine with that. But he took the extra step and said the season, which can backfire. I, I just, I don't get it. I don't, I don't agree. Well, you're you're upset on a number, of, and I don't mean like upset, like you know, you're tearing your house apart. But you're you're frustrated with not just the week one portion; it's the whole leap. Like you're you're upset with everything that happened today. It's not just the fact that they named him week one. It's also the cherry on top of that, which is they're going to give him the entirety of the season. And I don't like it backs you into a corner to an extent. Yeah. But but part of me admires the all in approach. Oh, I hate it. And the second half of it for me is when I look at the worries I had of if you're going to start him week one, commit to him early, or if you're going to start him throughout the season, commit to him early is, and again, I'm not in there. You haven't been in there. Eddie's not been in there, but you hear all the time about how important it is to have continuity along the offensive front. And I don't want Richardson, if he's going to be the week one starter, spending the majority of time with the twos. Or if you're going to bring him in in week four, trying to bring him up to speed on the fly when he's with the twos in practice. I would rather it be a commitment long term for all involved, not just Richardson, but your receiving room, your whatever's going to happen with this running back room, the entire offense. I would like some continuity there that squashes that it answer it. I don't have a problem with the decision of starting in week one. I can get behind the commitment of this is going to be a full season sample size and we will hopefully have a clearer picture moving forward of if this is really the guy that can be trusted or if it's, you know, maybe we missed on this pick. I can't sim out 18 games, but that's their philosophy with this. It's a full season commitment and we go from there. But the only thing that confuses me is, yeah, the timing. Like, I expected this type of announcement. I just didn't expect it today. I figured it would happen at the end of the preseason window in those final two weeks leading up to the regular season. I at least, call me crazy again, Jimbo. I at least want to see him perform well in a preseason setting at the very least. (laughs) that's, That's not radical. He did not perform well, all things considered. I know it was a nice pass to Alec Pierce. That's... Period. Hard stop. He did bounce back to an extent after the interception. I know he still missed on the hitch routes and and he overthrew a couple guys, but like th- I was worried that was going to be a very bad day after the interception, and it, and it wasn't that. I know that's lowering the bar a little bit mid game, but it's a rookie that's unproven. I thought he would fall apart, and he didn't. He responded and he had a decent day, all things considered. I just I I hear you. I do. And I want to remember my Christian values as I respond here, Jimmy. <laughs> but I just don't understand why the the expectations and the standards are so low for this guy that has this supposedly huge ceiling. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it shouldn't be enough to be like, hey, the guy didn't fall apart after the terrible interception. You know what I mean? Like, it's got to be higher than that if his ceiling is this high. It just doesn't add up. And I also think... When it comes to a full commitment, it depends on what the situation is. You know, if I tell my dad, 
hey, I, I've committed fully to this girl. And he's like, well, who is she? And I'm like, all right, her name is such and such. Um, you know, and it's just Red Flag City. Uh, she's been divorced three times. Um, she did admit that she was uh, cheating in one of the relationships. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, son, wh- what are you doing here? He's not against full commitments, but based on the situation itself, he's probably against that particular situation. That's how I look at this with Anthony Richardson. I'm not against full commitments, but when the guy that you're committing to has thrown 393 passes in college, that's it? He was shaky in the preseason opener, throwing a pick that was a forced throw and a bad read and can't complete complete hitch routes, can't even get him close to being accurate. And immediately, a couple of days later, you're like, full commitment, entire season. That just doesn't add up to me at all. There's two things with that. The first is that it's clear and obvious this was the plan all along. There was a time before that preseason game, whether it was the Daisy stacked in training camp, whether it was since they drafted him, I don't know. There was a plan all along that if he shows us enough, whatever Shane Steichen's bar is, he's going to be the starter. Like it, it had nothing to do in my mind with that one preseason game. Clearly, because you and I both have enough gripe about the game to be like, well, you know, I'm not exactly shaking hands and saying, welcome to QB1 world, Anthony, after that game. I'm, I'm not doing it. This was clearly a move that had been in the works for a while, that they had seen enough on their end of things, not just that preseason game, but the work up to it where let's get out in front of this. Let's name the starter right now. Clearly, it wasn't just because of the first preseason game. The other angle, and again, I've not sat here and said he's going to be a Hall of Famer or he's guaranteed to be the next franchise quarterback. When we argued the draft, I told you I felt like he had the best upside like a lot of people did, and he could be that. Like he, He could be that. There's no guarantee, but he could be that. I say this because I didn't do a good job of clarifying this yesterday when you and I had a similar conversation. I'm not saying the hope should be oh, well, you know, if he fails, whatever, let's move on, let's go draft somebody. But you and I both know front offices, especially one in as a unique situation as the Colts that don't know what their future is yet, they're scouting everybody. They're not just scouting Marvin Harrison Jr., maybe Jim Irsay is, but the rest of the front office is not just scouting him. They're looking at every available player they could take in the first round, and yes, that might include a quarterback. So I'm not saying that from a front office or from a coaching standpoint, this is what Shane Steichen's thinking. But if I'm in the front office and I'm planning multiple years out here, you give him the whole season. And if, if it's so bad that Steichen Ballard and whoever think we missed on this guy, I get the optics are bad, but you flush and repeat and go get Caleb Williams next year. If the season's that bad, that shouldn't be the bar for a franchise quarterback. And that's not my argument for why you start him right now, but you mentioned the long-term relationship, long-term commitment, a season of football, grand scheme of things, very small, big picture for what this franchise wants to do. Look, a couple of things there, and I hear you on most of it, but I would swing the other way a bit. Now, okay. the first thing is, um, look, becoming the uh, the week one starter, or sorry, the regular season Full season, starter. full season, 2023, QB1. If that's the decision if this was the plan the whole time i think they should have pulled the trigger on announcing this before the first preseason game i agree because that's the thing i agree with what you're saying is you know they made this decision it clearly wasn't how he played in the preseason opener and they're like yep he's ready i thought so you know (laughs) It, it was made beforehand that's the only way it would make sense 
And so it's like, well, then why wouldn't you announce it beforehand? Why, why wouldn't he be getting the lion's share of the the one reps, you know, the, the first team reps and all of that? Like, I don't understand how that, you know, time period went along where really it would just be like, we're going to name him the, the season starter as long as he can put his jersey on against the Bills. You know, like, was that the bar he had to clear? If he can put his helmet on and uh, call the first play, he's in. He's the full... <laughs> like, what? <laughs> so why was it announced before? Yeah. That's just weird. The timing is super weird. Very odd. And the other part of this is, look, let me just be clear on this. I don't like it. I think it's a bad decision and terrible timing, but I could be dead wrong. It could work out some way, somehow. Like, I'm not 100% accurate with every one of my stances. Let me be very clear about that. And everybody is nodding like, yeah, we already know. But just in case, uh, let me say that. I could be wrong about this. But the thing I dislike is, hey, let's get him in week one. If he's not the guy, then, hey, maybe our record is bad enough where we're in line to have a decision on our hands to maybe go in a different direction with one of these top quarterback prospects. I think that is so telling. It's true. I get it. I hear you. But it's so telling that you're just not convinced he's the guy. And look, man, I know drafting quarterbacks is a crapshoot. But I would like to feel more confident in the guy that we have just drafted where one of the outs, if we're at the poker table... And you're looking at all your outs. It's like, okay, any club gets me there. I need the uh, ace of diamonds or whatever. You you want outs for this to work out in your favor. If one of the main outs is if he sucks so bad and our record is horrible enough, maybe we can pivot and get another quarterback. (laughs) That, to me, is very telling about what you really think you might be in store for with Anthony Richardson. And again, I'm not saying that's what the front office is thinking, but like I... I'm uncertain about him. I'm not sitting here and guaranteeing that he's going to be the franchise quarterback. I still stand by with what they had in front of them when they decided not to trade up and stay where they were, that he was the best selection if they were going to take a quarterback there. I, but th- that's how I will stand until we're three or four years down the line and we can really reevaluate this draft class. So I'm not saying that's how the front office is thinking, but like yeah, if if it's right. I don't th- by the way, I don't think it's going to be so bad that by the end of the season the evaluation is this dude ain't it and not only is he not it, we're going to draft the best quarterback available in next year's draft and maybe trade this guy or I don't I don't know what the you know, you've seen it with Trey Lance now ending up as a backup. The Niners have kept him. Now that could be a number of different factors because they haven't gotten a good offer for him or teams haven't called. Whatever it is, that's where Trey Lance is now after it appears things have not panned out for him, as you highlighted to start the show. So I'm not saying the Colts are thinking like that, but mm-hmm. I, I'm not a like I didn't grow up a Colts fan. I love the city, but I can look at this from an objective point of view without fan biased in it, which is to say I'm not married to Anthony Richardson. If it turns out by the end of this season, you walk away thinking like when, when Trevor Lawrence had the bad year. And I know big names are all we're going to use. And it sounds like we're saying that's what he's going to be. I'm not saying that Anthony Richardson is going to be Trevor Lawrence. I'm not saying he's going to be Josh Allen. I know that's what the Colts are banking on, but I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. But after year one of Trevor Lawrence, there's questions because of how high he was taken, because he was a far more elite dominant quarterback in college than Anthony Richardson ever was, was supposed to be the second coming of Peyton Manning. And he didn't pan out in year one. What does it all mean? 
They gave him a second year. They changed coaches. I hope it's not that tumultuous here in Indy, but things appear to have worked out and been on a brighter side of things. And it can be a multi-year process. So I don't think we're going to leave week 18 and say to ourselves, good Lord, when does Caleb Williams come to town? But that is a regrettable out the front office would have, regardless of who the rookie quarterback was going to be this year under center for them. I love the reaction of Anthony Richardson. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, Mike Chappell was the one asking him, like, hey, Shane just named you QB1. What do you think? He said this. Honestly, I was shocked. Honestly, I was shocked. And he just hit bingo. He played that clip and he said, oh, Brian's going to find that so funny. And I was like, yeah, I guarantee you he will. (laughs) We didn't set it over under for when it would get played during the show in isolation, but we should (laughs) have. Oh my gosh, that is oh that I I couldn't have scripted it better. I know you couldn't. I could not have scripted it better. Where this is just this is wild gambling here. Like Jimmy, you know me, you know us. All three of us. We're We're not not afraid. afraid. Yeah, we're not afraid to put some uh, some change down on something we feel strongly about. But look, man, if uh, put it this way. If you go to, let's go to the poker table, all right? If you take a calculated risk and say, you know, I've got suited connectors. <laughs> I've got jack 10 of diamonds or whatever. Like, there are starting hands that are better than that in Texas Hold'em. Mm-hmm. But I can at least understand why you'd want to see a flop. It's a little bit aggressive, but I understand that. If you go all in... With, like, without either looking at your cards. Chips all in. Right. Or you see Jack 4 offsuit. I'm like, I don't like that move. And again, it could work out. They say this in Texas Hold'em all the time. Any two. Like, you could literally win with the worst hand, 2-7 offsuit. It happens. That could be eventually the best hand. But I don't like the odds. Right? And you that's all you're doing is playing the odds here. And so, yeah, they might come out smelling like a rose, but when you're initially going all in with Jack 4 offsuit, I'm like, that's a little reckless. That's wishful thinking. And more times than not, it doesn't pan out. And when the guy you just named QB1, (laughs) he's asked, what's your reaction? Honestly, I was shocked. Honestly, I was shocked. Man, that is telling right there. And it's not to say that he's got a lack of confidence in himself or any of that stuff, but it's he knows. He knows he didn't play great against the Bills. He knows he's missing hitch routes and forcing a throw that was a pick. He knows all of those things. And he's like, wow, I'm QB1? Uh, uh, okay, cool. <laughs> but he was shocked about it. That shows, at the very least, it is terrible timing to do it this way. I would have liked for it to have happened again at a, at a more friendly time. And by friendly, I mean where it was a largely positive development of the last time we saw him on the field. And that was not the case on Saturday. It was, like I said, mixed bag to positive for me, mixed bag to negative for you. But we both left there to some extent wanting to see more, even though we had different views of what they should do with him starting week one. The only thing this does to at least alleviate or make me far more interested now in this specific week is I talked about it yesterday 
This is a big week for him. It started on Saturday against the Buffalo Bills. Now it goes into joint practices with the Bears over the next couple of days. And then it's that second preseason game. And now we have the answer of who is going to be leading those joint practices with the ones. It's Anthony Richardson. And the grading starts today. Like you mentioned, it's it's week one and beyond. I would go a step further, and I think you would agree with me as well. It, you're, you mentioned the honeymoon period. I, I could see that for some Colts fans lasting the whole year just because rookies don't always electrify the world in their first season as a starter. It doesn't always happen. But it begins in terms of real measurements of where's the growth this week at joint practice. He's no longer in a battle. It's his. Where do you go from here to show that the Colts were right to name you starting quarterback, not just for week one, but for all of 2023? Well, and that's the thing, Jimmy, is I think the Colts are eliminating some of their own outs. Because let's just say... Clay Richardson goes out there this week and he's not very good against the Bears in joint practices. He's not very good in the second preseason game. Like, you've already hitched your wagon to this is your starter, right? You don't have any outs at this point. That could have, if it happens, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, like the Rock just used to say. He's your guy. You've already let that be known. There is no going back now. We are at the point of no return. And so I just, I think it's premature. I, I think it would have made way more sense. You don't have to announce it. You could have said this is the plan all along. You know what? Uh, you know, fallback option, if he's just awful for some reason this week, then we don't go with him week one, right? They don't have that option right now. And he might not be off it. Uh, he might not be awful, but that contingency plan that card to play if he is that's gone you removed it from the deck (laughs) it doesn't (laughs) exist anymore now how about this coming up Jim Irsay he used two emojis to respond to the decision of starting Anthony Richardson this season he used a thumbs up emoji and a football emoji what are the two emojis you would use with your to to like describe your reaction to Anthony Richardson being the 2023 starter. He is QB1. We'll get that coming up. I'm Brian No. He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. How would you rate your love for ZZ Top there, Jimbo? Huh? Scale from 1 to 10. Where do you have him? Who doesn't get down with Sharp Dressed Man? I mean, I... I I don't know. I'm just glad Seven? you got the name of the song right. Thank you. I know. That's a good, big redemption for me. Fantastic by you right there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think it's got to be a minimum of seven. If you're under seven with your ZZ Top approval rating, I've got questions think, about you as an individual. What do you think Shane Steichen's approval rating is on ZZ Top? <laughs> probably two. Probably two, most likely. <laughs> freaking guy now now here are here's the question jimmy because our guy jim ursay 
He quote tweeted or quote X'd. I don't know the right way to say it now. Um, his response to Anthony Richardson being named QB1. He went thumbs up emoji and he went with your standard football emoji. <laughs> That's what he went with. So my question is, which two emojis would you use to describe your level of optimism, your reaction to Anthony slash Clay Richardson being named QB1 here? Because they're going to mold him like Clay here, as we uh, found out after he was drafted by Indy. So I was looking through my emoji options during the commercial and was shocked to find out there is no poker chip emoji <laughs> available to me. I, I was going to go poker chip and then the football because we're putting the chips all in, but okay. I can't do that. So I guess the closest thing we type in casino is slot machine. So I guess ah. we'll go slot machine and football is, okay. where, is where I'm going with my emoji I, choice. I don't, I don't mind that at all. I like that. Slot machine and a football. I would go, I've got two different options over here. Okay. If I was going to be a little bit positive, <laughs> I would actually start off circle with a slash because I disagree with this. But but the 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 most positive I can go, I would go with the folded hands prayer emoji. <laughs> okay, that, that would be. I, I don't was going like to guess it. a church, so man, we, we yeah. weren't far off there with, yeah. where your positivity was going to come from. <laughs> My real reaction is circle with a slash emoji. Followed by skull and crossbones emoji. <laughs> I, that's my real reaction to this because I just don't think he's ready, man. He's had limited reps in college. He's had limited starts in college. He didn't show any consistency in really the dress rehearsal against the Bills. And right after that, when he can't complete hitch routes, he's named QB1. That's just it's weird to me. You're right. I should. I, never mind. I changed uh, another option for me. Uh, dartboard with a bullseye right in the middle. Uh, and then the football. There's a unicorn so, emoji. I got sent that one from hey, the listener. Hey, there you go. Yeah. What would you go with, Eddie? That's a good question. Uh, I hadn't thought about it too much. Um, you can use the poop emoji if you would no. like. I wouldn't go that far, no. Okay, all right. No. 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 <laughs> I'm actually trying to see if there's like a poker or something. Jimmy, you could have done like a spade or a club. Well, I or thought something. about that, but it, uh, we can only use two. Yep, I know, only I'm two just, emojis. Okay. Um, oh, but there's a jack card with a with a Joker on it. You could have used that. Oh, yeah, but that's I, pretty I, good. I, I thought that might get uh, that's uh, one manipulated by one, one of the of people on the, on the. That'll be one on of my air if I was using a, a Joker card. card. It's like a wild card. Yeah, you know, it could be really good or it could be really bad. I don't know where that's coming from. Eddie's not face. like that, Jimmy. I don't, I don't think he would twist your words there at all. Or your intentions. You're right. That was that was that was poor of me to uh, blame Eddie for potentially doing that. Uh, I would do the uh, wild card with the jack on it and a uh, smiley face. Okay. And a smiley face. Yep. Okay. Eddie, like Eddie is, the, I don't want to mischaracterize you, but Eddie is the strongest, which isn't saying much compared to where you and I are at, of like a Colts fan, but also a, a neutral medium, but Colts, but he has the closest Colts ties in terms of rooting for them every Sunday. Yeah. So smiley face is warranted there. There's a lot of Colts fans that are that probably do have that same emoji for making them pick two. Now, would you like me to explain the smiley face behind this? Please do. Sure. Yeah. So the reasoning I go with the smiley face is like you're not trying to win games at all this year. So starting, I mean, the only reason why you would start Minshew is if you felt like uh, Anthony Richardson is not writing. Clearly, that's not the case. So I'm happy that Shane Steichen mm. believes that Anthony Richardson is ready, and that means he's 
properly going about his ways uh, behind the scenes as becoming an NFL quarterback. So I'm just happy to see him out there week one instead of Gardner Minshew because I think it's going to be more exciting. Yes, it's going to be ugly at times. Yes, it'll be fun at times, but just going to have to ride the wave. Okay, wait a minute right here, Mr. Eddie Garrison. Uh, here's the deal. Uh, the the thought of you start Minshew because Anthony Richardson's not ready. Yep. I, I'm with you on that. But by Shane Steich and, and the Colts making this decision to start Clay Richardson, uh, you know, to begin the season or for the entire season, that doesn't mean it's clearly not the case that he isn't ready. You know what I mean? Like, they're hoping he's ready. He hasn't given great indication to put those eases, to put those worries at ease. Like, oh, oh he's, he's clearly ready over here. They could be wrong. I mean, this could be wishful thinking to the nth degree. It doesn't mean for sure that it's clearly not the case that he isn't ready just because he's been named QB1. I don't think you're putting a guy who just turned 21 years old out there with the limited experience that he does week one, and you're already doing it here You know, a month before the season starts. If he's not ready, like I think that's exactly what they're doing. I also don't want to go full Brian Windhorst here, but you know, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> my whole thought in leaning into Shane Steichen, if you're trusting him as a first year head coach, knowing that if you fail as a head coach in the NFL in like a, a two or three year out, or look at Nathaniel Hackett last year, not from the quarterback situation, but just what happened to him. Severely underperformed with a team that had championship expectations, in theory, and then he's out of a job, and now he's having to rebuild his image as a coach, and where does he end up? He lands softly on his feet as an offensive coordinator in New York. Nothing wrong with that, but he's going to have to work and build back up his resume in order to get another head coaching spot. Once you get one of those, there's no reason to force a hand unless you fully believe in it, at least in my mind, or you're getting pushback from higher-ups a la Jim Irsay that says we're starting the kid week one and you feel forced to do that. If it's the former, then why is Shane Steichen deciding now to start him week one? For me, it is what we outlined in the first segment. He's now getting all of the one reps. He is now the face of this team within joint practices, within the next preseason game. And it's Minshew that's with the twos. And you're ramping him up to be ready to go as best he can for week one. And then you're playing him throughout the season to get those reps, to have baseline for where to improve, where to grow. And he believes he's ready for that. Is that how you see it? Not not if you agree with the decision, but is that how you see it when trying to come to terms with why Shane Steichen made the decision? Not why today, but why overall he made the decision. I mean, he's just... He's making the decision based on potential. This is all about potential. This is the upside. This is the ceiling. This is getting the clock started. Uh, we had a tweet here. David checked in and wrote, Jim Irsay told you in way more words that he was starting months ago with three exclamation points. You know, And I completely disagree with that. If you rewind, rewind months ago, Jim Irsay did say you learn by being on the job. Right, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, you learn by doing, not by being on the sideline and watching. That doesn't mean he was going to be QB1 all season long. We talked to all these reporters, Jimmy, not one reporter, and, when, and we asked many questions. What do you think about Anthony Richardson starting week one? No one said, well, I mean, Jim Irsay said you learn by doing. You learn by being on the field and, and being on the job, so clearly he's going to be <laughs> QB1. No, that, that wasn't set in stone that that was going to be the case. Right. But this whole decision has been based on 
potential. It's not play. It's not production. We didn't see great execution in the preseason game. We have been told time and time and time again there's a lack of consistency in training camp because he misses some throws consistently. So this is based on potential. That's what it's based on. And look, maybe the potential will be realized. That's the hope for the fan base. But I just need to a, a little more <laughs> to be realized before saying, here are the keys to the car. I, I need you to hit hitch routes. Sorry, I, I need that. <laughs> I don't need just potential. I need some, not Mahomes-esque, but some of that potential being realized. I don't disagree with you that it's a potential-based move with the thought that the potential's there, and if we give him reps and we give him the keys, that he is going to stabilize, like we talked about yesterday, a more consistent floor to the point that he's going to learn by doing, or he's learned as much as he can without getting the opportunities now it's time to throw him out there. But the pushback against, well, he's not ready. Well, you know, there's no reason to rush him out there, give him mm-hmm. a little bit more time. I agreed with the aspect of that in that Shane Steichen shouldn't feel pressure to start him right away. He was not brought in here as, Shane, you have one season, and if things don't work out, we're showing you the door. I brought up Nathaniel Hackett. I know things like that can change on a dime in the NFL, but expectations are different this year. This is not win the division or bust when you hired Shane Steichen, it was let this coach who is getting his first opportunity at the top job in the sport, build this thing out and see where we go. He has no motivation to put him out there early other than his own, I don't know if curiosity is the right word, but his own desire to see what he has. Maybe Shane Steichen's philosophy is if you're competent enough, it is time to throw you out to the wolves and see if you come out a better player for it. I think this, man, I'll meet you in the middle because there's an argument to be made on both sides with his limited college experience. Mm -hmm. He threw 393 passes. That's a fact. It's inarguable. But there are two ways to look at that. I look at it and say, with that limited experience, I would prefer the Colts ease him in a little bit. He's not the week one starter. He's getting on the field at times get a few throws, maybe get a series, just get his feet wet, get used to the speed, right? Like have something to build on instead of just throwing him in the deep end with no floaties and saying, we know you don't know how to swim, but try. <laughs> like That's my stance on it. I wouldn't throw him out there in week one based on his lack of experience. The other side of that coin, though, is, well, we know it's going to be rocky, as it is for most first-year quarterbacks, most rookies, Probably with him in particular based on the limited reps. So we need to get the clock started. We know that he's going to have growing pains, maybe a lot of them. But we need to know what we have two years down the road. When, when If we are like, this is clearly the guy, we are fully behind Anthony Richardson in every personnel decision that we make. Or is it, man, we need to pivot. But you need to know one way or the other a couple of years down the road where you stand. And at least throwing him out there in week one and for the season, it gives you a better sense of where you stand when that time comes. That would be the other argument for getting him out there that early. I would argue, I don't know that whatever the number, four, six games of him not being the starter, that information, it clearly gives you the the sense that 
you're moving on from him after 2024, you know what I mean? Or are you right. sticking with him? I don't think that's the difference. That's why I would have been a little bit more patient. And and the part of you meeting me in the middle there is another argument that I've made of, okay, give him the extra games. But again, that's a, a point of contention of how much does it matter if it's three or four more games versus learning on the sidelines three or four more games. The other aspect of this was Shane Steichen just kind of looking back at what we were sold or or where if you're looking for, okay, I'm excited about this head coach and what he's going to bring to Indianapolis is the quarterbacks that he's worked with. And I know that from a rep standpoint, Richardson's not going to come close to any comparable name we can throw out there. Mm. But one of the more surprising and shocking stories of the 2020 season was the abrupt nature by which Justin Herbert was forced into the spotlight to be a starting quarterback and how his rookie season played out. I'm not saying that that, again, is who Anthony Richardson's going to be, but there is some aspect to maybe Shane Steichen from all the past that he's been on liked the ability, even though he was an OC, it wasn't his say, he liked the ability to have a rookie quarterback right there from start to end of season and develop him along that way. Maybe that's his viewpoint as well with Anthony Richardson. It worked with Herbert. I want to see how it works with AR. Let's throw him out there week one. That's just, again, I'm, I'm just looking for other angles for him. I'm not saying that's what it is, but you have to dive into his background and try to figure out, okay, what does he see perhaps in Anthony Richardson that would make him have the philosophical choice of start the rookie right away? I'm sorry. Nick tweeted us. And wrote Brian still uh, Brian probably still had arm floaties in the pool till he was twelve years old, still trying to ease in the pool. That's funny. It's well That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. I can't get mad when it's funny, you know. Like, but no, no. Like, I, again, Jimmy, I'm gambling when the odds are in my favor. Sure. I'm not gambling when the odds aren't in my favor. There's a big difference right there. And I know you got to take some risks. I know at times you have to take some risks, even though the odds aren't in your favor. But that's when you are not calculated anymore. That's when you're truly gambling. And that's not the spot that you want to be in, especially when a franchise hangs in the balance, you know? So this isn't me easing into everything like, oh, I've got pocket aces. I don't know. I'm going to put one poker chip out there. Ah, I don't know. It's, it's going to go my way. No, man. When the odds are in your favor, that's when you get bold. That's why the Packers are idiots, right? When they have Aaron Rodgers, they're like, eh, I don't know. Should we do anything <laughs> bold? That, that's where it's like, bro, you got to press. Yeah. This to me is not the situation where you press. But how about this? Coming up next, game planning wise, there's something that you got to keep in mind Will things change now that we know who QB1 is? Something to consider on the way. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. Here on The Fan. Top of the hour, Joel Erickson from Indie Star. He'll uh, talk some Colts with us. Also our guy, Mike Chappell. That's at two. The Dean. He'll talk some Colts with us. 
I feel like Joel needs a nickname too now. You know? If Mike's the dean, what's Joel? I mean, I feel like particularly when you're in the sports media world, you need you need tenure and 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 M Chapel has the dean because he he he's the standard, he's the the longest tenured member. I don't know. You you can maybe throw one at Joel, see if he has Ooh. one, see if he's been working the lab or maybe somebody else on Media Row is throwing his way. Who knows? This might not work. But my first reaction is the Joker, you know? I mean, what do you think about that? As a beat reporter, you might take it as like, wait, wait, he tells jokes? You know, like, like you might think that, but I'm thinking he's a wild card. You don't know what he's going to write and who he's going to write about and how he's going to write about him. You know what I mean? Think about the Joker, Nikola Jokic. We don't think of him as cracking jokes. I think the Joker could work for Joel. What do you think? I'm always hesitant to throw throw nicknames out, but but your reasoning behind it that that would be a if that was like a podcast name, like you were you know doing your writing and reporting on the side, and then you had that as an intro with that voiceover. I get down with it. I get down <laughs> with right. it. You need the voice. He's a wild card. The Joker, Joel Erickson. Yeah, we'll ask him if he's up for that that nickname right there. <laughs> this is something to keep in mind, and we'll expand on this in the next hour. But now that Anthony Richardson has been named QB one. Not for week one, the entire 2023 season. How will the game plan look initially? Okay. Divisional game against the Jags, week one. I would expect something pretty conservative. That's the first thing. Would you agree with that for starters, Jimmy? You think it's going to be fairly conservative? First start, limited reps in college? Makes sense, right? I think a lot of it depends on who's in the backfield. Because okay. if it, if it's not like, yes, if it's Jonathan Taylor there, then yeah, like n- nothing too extreme, like a, a nice balance between just n- non-complex action with a heavy dose of Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. I would like a balance of that approach. If it's not him, I mean, I don't know. I think you still have a, a balanced game plan, but I'm not necessarily coddling right out of the gate. I, I mean, I think at the very least, it leans conservative. I know it was preseason against the Bills. I get that. You're not going to just show everything. You're not looking for air raid out of the gate. It's not. not Probably not. But three of his seven completions were behind the line of scrimmage. Okay, like that's that's conservative to find. Yes. So I would expect that. My question is this. When the Colts are trailing during the season, especially early on, first couple of games, if they find themselves down, Spoiler alert, uh, Alert! they will. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you rush, by the way, to the under six and a half uh, when the news broke oh, today? Oh, I didn't even think about that, but that's a decent, uh, decent, decent idea by you, Jay Cook. But the question is this. If the Colts, if they find themselves down 10, 14, and we're in the second half, how much does the game plan change? You know, because I hear all of this, which is the only way to learn is by doing and okay, fine. But there is something to be said about easing someone in and not throwing everything at them. Like, okay, hey, we're down by 14. Go get him, Anthony Richardson. Air raid. Air raid us to victory. You know what I mean? In week one, that's just, you're asking him to do more than he's capable of doing at this stage of his career. So I really wonder if Shane Steichen is going to have this formula and he's going to stick to it, even though the little devil on the shoulder is saying, we're losing, we're losing, we're not going to win if we don't do something drastic over here. You know, I just want to watch that, how conservative the game plan is, and if the situation of these early games change that. I want 
Anthony Richardson because he's the starter for the whole season. And if you want to be a little more conservative in the first couple of games, that's fine. But in situations like that where you need to run a two-minute offense, whether it's before half or before end of game, I want him to be treated the same. And I know you're going to think this is outlandish, but this is where we're going. Uh, I want him to be treated the same way that you would treat Gardner Minshew in that situation. I, I want you to give him the same opportunity and the same. I don't know if if, if give him the, the, you know the length on the leash is the, is the proper way to describe his current situation. But I don't want a ton of kid gloves on him. I want him to be allowed to be him. That doesn't mean they need to be aggressive, full tilt, right out of the gate. But the whole point of these reps is simulating game speed in game situations. And if they get down. I don't want it yeah. to necessarily turn into majority of the passes in the fourth quarter of a blowout are just screens or, God forbid, just passes right. behind the line of scrimmage. I hear you, but, man, it's so different thinking that way. I saw a student driver <laughs> the other day turning like, I'm turning, I'm turning, it's happening, I'm turning, ah! You know, I'm not then saying, hey, let's go on the highway, go up to 80, cut it loose, you know? <laughs> He couldn't complete hitch routes. And now we're talking about, hey, we're down by 10, fourth quarter, do what you do, a eh, Rich. He's <laughs> like, what are we doing right now? We'll see what Joel Erickson, possibly the Joker, has to say about this from the Indy Star. He joins us next. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. want to welcome in Joel Erickson, Colts beat reporter for the Indy Star. You know, Joel couple of random things first. I always think of there was this pool hall in South Bend, Indiana that always played Devil Goes Down to Georgia and put me right back there. I couldn't get it out of my head, Joel. Are you a pool shark or at least a pool player yourself? Uh, there, One of my buddies when I, was, uh, when I was in high school had a pool table in his basement. And we spent lots and lots of nights playing pool in his basement. But I don't. I'm not very. I'm not good. You have to. I'm better if I'm better if I have like two beers in me. <laughs> it's like the standard bowling thing. I hear a lot of people say that. Or darts. People Golf say that about way. darts. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing before we dive headfirst into the Colts here, Joel. Um, you know, Mike Chapel. We'll be joined by him next hour, and he's known as the Dean. And I'm like, our guy Joel needs a nickname over here. If you don't have one, could I suggest the Joker? What, what do you think about that as you're throwing out oh, your reports? What do you think about that? I, I don't uh, – you have to give me the reasoning behind it. I, I need the reasoning That was my reaction okay. as well. All right, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you asked that. So I'm thinking you're a little bit of a wild card in terms of you don't know what the report is going to be. You don't know what the angle is going to be. He keeps you guessing. He's interesting. It's a mixed bag. The Joker. Not that he tells jokes and stuff, but kind of like Nikola Jokic, right? The reigning, well, he was the two-time MVP, uh, the reigning uh, you know, finals MVP. We don't think of him as he's telling jokes. We think of him as he's... He's so skilled in so many different areas. What skill is he going to throw at you now? That's what I'm thinking for you, Joel. Uh, we might need to keep workshopping it. We might need to keep workshopping it. <laughs> Cap, okay. Cap might like it. Cap might like it if he just called me the apprentice. If he's the deed. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. I'll go back to the drawing board. There's nothing wrong with that. But how about Joel? Your reaction to Anthony Richardson being named QB one? What do you think? 
Well, you know, it's funny. I, I, I was standing there during the practice, charting charting practice, and I had I, actually popped into my head that the next story I might need to write was going to be, it's time to name Anthony Richardson the starting quarterback. Um, <laughs> and then and then we walked over like 10 minutes later, and Shane Sykes was like, no, I've already done that. You don't, you, you know, like, you don't need to write that. Um, but it, it felt like this is where they were headed. Uh, they should have, like, to me – the only reason you don't start a rookie is there's, there's a couple of reasons you don't start a rookie. One is he's just not ready at all. He doesn't know the playbook well enough. He doesn't have the right work habits, that kind of thing. We haven't heard any of that stuff on Richardson at all. And even, even what we've seen on the practice field doesn't – like his mistakes don't indicate somebody who doesn't know where the ball's supposed to go. They're more like, you know, accuracy of the ball didn't go where he, that kind of thing. Um, and then the other one is if you have a quarterback that's so good – that you don't want to take him off the field. This would be the the Brett Favre, or to, to some degree, I mean, I think people don't remember, maybe remember how good Alex Smith was with the Chiefs, but he was really good for a while there with a playoff team. You know, that's that's the thing is if if you have that guy, neither of those situations really applied here. This is this is a Gardner Minshew who was signed for three and a half million in the off season. Um, he he's a backup. He's probably not. The high, the highest end of the backups in the NFL. Um, what we've seen out here is is he's, he's more of, he can be accurate, but it's a lot of short throws. He doesn't push the ball down the field much. He doesn't make a lot of plays on the move. Like that, he's not giving you like a huge, big upside on that side of it. And Richardson, for the most, like has answered everything else they wanted to do. He he's coming. He's known the playbook. He's he's got the poise. I, I think even on the practice field, you can see that. He's already built a rapport with his teammates. Even a couple weeks ago, I noticed that even when Minshew had first-team reps on a given day, Richardson would open practice periods by dapping up everybody on the first-team offense. Like He's earned the respect of those guys. And, and I think the other thing is, if your team and franchise is okay with knowing that maybe maybe you're, if there's going to be some issues and there's hiccups and, and you're, you're okay with that because of what you're trying to build, then you can start your rookie. And that's, that's where these cults are. Joel, why today? Because I'm not mad at the decision. Like I, I want. I, 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 I don't want to misrepresent Brian. I know Brian's on the other side of that coin. But this is what I wanted them to do: was name him the starter, and then let's ride, let's go from here, and let's see how things play out, and let him develop and get the reps. But the timing is weird. I figured it would be after a exclamation point like performance from him in either joint practices or in a preseason game. For me, it was mixed to positive from Saturday. The fact that they're doing it a couple days removed from that, just the timing surprised me. Why today naming him week one and 2023 entirety starter? Because you're not wasting any first-team reps now in the joint practices uh, against the Bears and the Eagles, which which I think, you know, you always ask coaches about, you know, what how do you judge these, how do you look at them? And no one ever wants to just say it outright, but I really think that the joint practices are what coaches care most about doing this time of year, even more so than the preseason game, because you can try stuff out. Um, you can do things that, that you can do things schematically you wouldn't do in a preseason game. You can set up situations with the other coach and say, Hey, throw this at us so that we can do this. Like this, that coaches really value these joint practices. And by doing this, you're giving him reps. You're not wasting reps with the first team that you don't want to get him in the regular season. This is a, this is a, okay, if we're going to start him, we're going to do everything we have to, to have him as ready as possible. Might as well just do it now. So you can start giving it to him. What do you think Joker 
I'm just, just trying to see if it. Uh, what, what do you think Gardner Minshew has meant thus far to Anthony Richardson's development? Because as far as we can tell, he's been nothing but professional about this whole thing. Yeah, I, I think it definitely helps. I think it definitely helps to have somebody who, who's in the in here that knows the offense. I think that's big for the whole team, having somebody who knew the offense in the off season and in the spring to to help. But it helps. It helps Richardson learn. Richardson's by by all accounts been a sponge since he got here in terms of picking, trying to ask questions and pick stuff up. And at least he's got a, a quarterback in the room who knows the answers. That's not always the truth when you have a a uh, a new offense being installed. I think that's that's been a big part of it. And then I think just the fact that it was a familiar face in the room with him. He he'd been training with Gardner Minshew before, um, but they they shared the same off season quarterback coach. And so it was somebody that he already knew, you know, it, that that probably helps and just from a familiarity standpoint. Although I will say, I, I think Richardson seems pretty self-confident and pretty at ease with himself, but I do think it helps. Joel Erickson with us covers the Colts for the Indy Star. Lost in all of this was another consecutive day of, of no Jonathan Taylor out there at Grand Park. I, I know that, you know, it had been reported by Ian Rappaport that, and from Shane Steichen that he was going to be out there and be back out at Grand Park at some point this week, but would potentially remain on the pup. At least that was Rappaport's report. Any opportunity to dig into that today as to why, yet again, no Jonathan Taylor? Well, he's at Grand Park. Um, he was not on the practice field. Steichen, Steichen gave us his stock answer for that, which is that it, he was he's doing part of his re- rehabilitation process. That's, that's all we got. Uh, they... They kind of uh, superseded all of those questions, though, when they when they named Richardson the starter. We're talking to Joel Erickson, Colts beat writer for the Indy Star, joining us here on the Fan. Um, what do you think? You know, there's been a trade request. There's an ankle injury he's rehabbing. What do you think the chances are JT is out there with Anthony Richardson in Week One? No, no idea. I, we're getting to the point now where it feels like. If you're in Taylor's camp and you're, there's no trade happening, you have to get on the field so that you don't, you know, lose a year of your contract and toll and all that stuff. But I, we we have it. It's been in such a holding pattern for so long, um, without any comment from Taylor or really anything changing since since the night that the trade request was first out there. Um, I guess the only thing that maybe changes is that a couple of running backs were signed. Nick Elliott and uh, Dalvin Cook got signed in New England and, and with the Jets to. Uh, you know, kind of thin out the running back market a little bit more. But it didn't really feel like there was a ton of momentum for a trade there anyway. So I, I don't know. I we, were, It's hard to know what the next step in this, is, in this is in terms of what's the thing that makes Jonathan Taylor, you know, come back on the field? What's the thing that spurs the Colts to trade him? Like, well, however it's going to end up, uh, it's hard to see exactly what the inciting incident will be because it, like, it felt like that was happening weeks ago. Joel, were you surprised by Anthony Richardson's at least initial surprise with his first comments when he said he was shocked that, that they had made this decision? I know it, it, there's more to his answer than that. He also went on that he's looking forward to it, that he was you know brought up amongst Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck when they got their starts right out of the gate like he's going to get, and he said he still has to earn that. He, he, he knows he still has a ton of work to do, but were you surprised by his initial reactions today? No, because I, I think I think the way coaches handle stuff is they don't like – it's not like they tell them a decision is coming at a certain point, you know. It, it's not like they so, – so it's not like they're saying, like, okay, by this point um, we're going to make our decision, so you should be expecting it then. It's more of a 
for for a player like Richardson, it's more like okay, the preseason game happened, and then they came back uh, on Sunday, and and yesterday they, they had stuff, and um, they went through film, and you're just doing your day to day. And since there's not been a deadline put on it, and there's two two more preseason games to go, I don't think you're necessarily expecting them to do it then. So I think that's the. I th- when, when I was listening to him answer why he was shocked, I think it had more to do with just as much as he wanted to be the starter, his mind wasn't on the coaching staff making that decision right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of surprised him that it came when it did. Joel, Jim Irsay, he used two emojis in response to Anthony Richardson being named the starter. He went thumbs up, and then he went with the football. What two emojis would you use to sort of uh, – Describe your reaction to him being named QB one. Oh, I'm not a big. I I don't use a ton of emojis. <laughs> My emoji game is like six of them. Um, what are the six? Do you know offhand? <laughs> got to have a heart emoji there, right? You got to have the standard standard stock heart emoji, don't you? Well, yeah. I mean, for like for you know, wife and kids, there's like yeah. the heart emojis, and then there's like. The the big eyes one that everybody uses. Uh huh. Yeah. One. Fist bump sometimes. Forehead slap. <laughs> uh, maybe a thumbs up every once in a while. Yeah, I don't I don't use them a ton. Um, yeah. I, I guess I guess like I'm trying to think if the right uh, the right meme is there is there a good meme that would go with this? Oh, It'd man. be like. Yeah, maybe it'd be like maybe it'd be like uh, the uh, the Robert Redford and Jeremiah Johnson one, where he just kind of like nods, kind of grinning. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, honestly, like from from a, from a covering the Colts perspective, you, you want to see Richardson out there because Richardson's the future of the franchise. Like this is the guy that they drafted. Like he, that's he's the story. Even with all the Jonathan Taylor stuff going on, he's the most important thing going on with this team. So. Just from a coverage standpoint, whether like whether regardless of what's going to happen with it, like you wanted Richardson out there because that's that's what means something going forward. Well, hey Joe, it's great to catch up with you, man. It was a lot of fun and very informative. And by the way, how about the Brew Crew? Huh? First place? Oh, I'm very nervous. I'm very nervous. <laughs> I'm nervous the Dodgers and Rangers this week. The Cubs don't play. The Cubs play the dregs of the AL Central. I'm I. They're up three and a half games, and I'm terrified. And I'm, I'm, I noticed you didn't even mention the Reds there. What is that? What? <laughs> Come on. No threat? The Reds, the, Reds, the Reds should have done more at the deadline. I think oh, we I all agree. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Luke Weaver should not be starting games for you anymore. Oof. I know. He's the, he's the uh, I hate to say this because I'm a Cardinals guy, he's the Wayno of Ohio is uh, Luke Weaver this year. Rough. <laughs> he had a run there. He had a run there where he was giving up like a gazillion runs and the Reds would always score. And so he was like, not, they were like nine and one in his starts. But let's, we all knew that was unsustainable. I, I don't know why they didn't get some pitching. Yeah. Well, hey, man, we'll see if your, uh, your Brewers can hold on there, Joel. They're in a good I'm spot. Terrified. So hopefully I didn't terrified. jinx it. <laughs> I'm already watching the wild card. I'm already watching the wild card standing too, just in case somebody catches them. <laughs> I don't blame you, man. Well, we'll catch you soon, Joel. Hope you have a good day, man. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, Joel. There he is, Joel Erickson, Colts beat reporter for the Indy Star. That was great. You know, I do like the forehead slap. That could work. That's how I feel every time I see the Brewers lose and the Reds lose or the Brewers win and the Reds win. Yeah. Face palm stuff. 
I was thinking every night it's the same result for both teams, and it just makes me mad. I was thinking more so Anthony Richardson is QB1 for week one. That's a, that's Yeah, I'm surprised that wasn't your first choice out of your arsenal, to be honest. It's a good... Uh, it's good to have in the big five, you know, <laughs> the emoji arsenal right there. You know, I was thinking about this, too, as Joel was saying that one of his last answers, he was talking about Robert Redford and the nodding and the grinning meme, that sort of thing. And he's right. Joel is he's right when Anthony Richardson is hopefully the franchise going forward. That's the hope. So I can fully understand somebody wanting to see him if you're covering the team if you're rooting for the team I get it why you want to see him immediately I'm more like Mel Gibson in Braveheart okay (laughs) you remember when he was like hold hold he didn't hold forever like you're eventually going to you know put those trees up if you will kind of like the tree spikes you know (laughs) he didn't say hold and then it was like you know the next year and said no no he eventually said, now we go. And so I don't think there's this mammoth Grand canyon size gap between starting in week one and then starting a little bit later in the season. I really don't. But I no one, no one can convince me. It absolutely lands differently. If Anthony Richardson... Anthony Richardson goes out there in week one and he's, he's rough. He struggles, right? Uh, that lands differently than if Minshew starts the season, Anthony Richardson gets out there in spots, gets his feet wet, gets a little bit of a, you know, a little bit, well, it's easy into the shallow end here. You get a little feel for the, the rhythm, the speed, all that stuff. And then you're unleashed. It, now, right? Like, hold, hold, the first few weeks, and now. Uh, it lands differently if he struggles then. Right, If the Colts have lost a few games and then Anthony Richardson, he starts whatever, week five, week six, something like that. It lands differently then. That's the thing, man. I get the the excitement, but I just don't think the timing is right. That's where I stand. Hey, doesn't mean it's gospel. Doesn't mean it's going to be true. But I think it will. <laughs> Joel reiterated what I had mentioned, though, as to why I get the rationale for if you're going to do it this week or if you're going to from an optic standpoint, it looks weird when you're just looking at the Buffalo game, but you, I, I don't want to have a team that is being divided, especially in the middle of the season on, okay, this is where first team reps are coming from. Okay, this is where the second unit is. I would rather it be, if you're going to make this decision, then he is now the major, the majority holder of first team reps. He is getting all the experience that a guaranteed starting quarterback would get, and he's getting it right now in what is the biggest week for the Colts from a preseason countdown to kickoff window is the start of joint practices, the following preseason game, and then going out to Philadelphia for more joint pre, more joint practices and another preseason game. So I'm, I would rather, whether it's a gamble or not, I would rather the decision be made that he is in the role being all the reps for the first team, learning all he needs to know with the first team, not having to jumble up on the fly in week six or week seven. Okay, now we're throwing on Anthony Richardson because I also want more chemistry developed between this entire offense, knowing that he's their guy. That's not to say they're going to win or lose more games because of it. It is to say I need to be able to make personnel decisions on a couple of key areas, particularly Michael Pittman Jr. of does he pair well with who I think is my franchise quarterback? And I want a full season to be able to do that. I think this, man. I think 
Um, you can do all of that this week without announcing it officially, right? You can give Anthony Richardson all the first team reps with no announcement. And that gives you one of the outs where if he goes out there and just stinks it up day after day and you say, man, he's not ready. You have the out of saying, all right, we're not going to start him immediately in the season. They eliminated, eliminated that out. And so... Like they didn't have to announce this, right? They could have given him every first team rep without announcing he's QB one for the entire season. <laughs> like they don't have to announce it for sure. him to just get first team reps. But instead, th- this is the timeline we get. We go to Saturday the game on the Bills TV network. Richardson fires too high. Yep. All right. That was a consistent theme. Then we get Shane Steichen today. I'll go ahead and start off. Um, you know, after evaluating, you know, training camp and film and all that. Uh, I made a decision. Anthony will be the starting quarterback this year for us. Okay, then we get Anthony Richardson today. Honestly, I was soft. <laughs> like that's where we're at. High throws. He's QB one, and QB one says, "I was shocked." That's the okay, cool, yeah. Like you didn't have to announce any of this. You could have let the week play out. The timing would have made way more sense. If they, hopefully, but, hopefully he goes out there in, in game two of the preseason looks a lot better. Then him being named QB one makes a lot more sense. The timing lines up better. And look, I'm. This is a complicated subject matter because I get it. A lot of people are like, "Oh, who can you really trust nowadays? Can you trust the head coach? Is he playing gamesmanship?" The second that happens, if this whole week is. It's all Anthony Richardson, the entire week's dialogue, the entire week's press conferences, the entire week's conversation for you, I, the entire station, anybody that covers this team is always oh, clearly the starter, right? He's getting all the one reps. He's the starter, right? And it's this whole back and forth of Shane Steigen. Oh, we haven't made it to see like I, it's clear if he would have gotten that promotion that that's where he's trending. Like I, I'm tired of the games. I'm 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 tired of the games. <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate the transparency. I appreciate the honesty. The only thing I will draw back on and, and fully be like, you know what, you're probably right with this mm-hmm. is they not only eliminated the out of what would happen if they didn't name him the starter and he struggles the next two weeks. And they're like, you know what, maybe he's not ready. Not only is that out off the table, but the other fail safe out of maybe we go a different direction in the middle of the season or maybe, which I don't think you can do in general. Once you open the box, you can't close it just from the psychological standpoint alone. But now you've told yourself in the world, you're not doing that. You've committed to him for the entirety of the year. That's the only one where I'm like, well, I mean, that's that's really extreme. And now if you go back on that and it's not an injury, it, it looks really bad all across the board if that ends up happening. Man, I just keep going back to you got to bring production to the table, not just potential. If you want to make this official, you got to bring something more than just what could happen, best case scenario, if you realize your potential. Like, that's the thing, man, is that's why the timing is so weird to me. We didn't see the production in the dress rehearsal. That's the thing. If you want, if you're expecting him to be good and probably be this franchise guy, like, if I'm like, I want to see him do well in the second preseason game because he didn't do well in the first one, how is that an unreasonable ask? If he's going to be QB1 all season long, how is it, like, not a reasonable request of, well, let's see him do well in the second preseason game? You know what I mean? Like, the timing is just strange. And think about the other. Rookie quarterbacks. 
I haven't seen Carolina named Bryce Young, QB1. He's most likely going to be the guy. They haven't done that yet. C.J. Stroud hasn't been named QB1 in Houston. He might be the guy. But that's the thing is, be interesting to see how the week plays out. If those guys now will also be named QB1, or if those head coaches want to see them again in the next preseason game, they want to see him in joint practices, they want to get more information before they just say, all right, we're throwing you in the deep end in week one. I'm really curious. Do you think it's going to be this week or after this week that they're named QB1, if they are? I think Bryce Young will be. I I, I don't know about C.J. Stroud. He probably will be also. We're at that point where it it is the next week or two naming starter season. Like that that's what's the next couple of weeks are going to be about. Right. I, I I'm with you though to something you brought up a couple of weeks ago. Like I don't need any influence from other situations around the league. I want yeah. this to be a decision that was done organically that was solely Shane Steichen's decision because he feels like he, he wants to see what the kid has. And not only wants to see what the kid has, but he is the bet that he's making and you've outlined this as well. The bet that he is making is not just the potential is going to be there, but I have seen enough from him in practices behind closed doors. And I guess through that quarter of preseason football where this is a repetition thing. This is where he's at. He needs reps. We're giving him all the reps. It's it, it's his team now. It is his job to lose. It is his role as a starting quarterback in the league to lose. Let's go from there. And the only way, if that is the answer at Shane Steichen's puzzle, to get him those reps is for him to start right out of the gate week one. But the timing areas where you and I can agree, it, it it's odd. It feels very strange to go ahead and make it now on a Tuesday when it wasn't even rainbows and butterflies across the board in the first start. It was it was shaky at best with a couple bright spots here and there and a really bad pick that we, we disputed yesterday. The timing's weird for me, but I get what he is saying when he names him the starter, whether it would have been today like it happened or in two weeks from now, he feels like repetition is all that's standing in the way of Anthony Richardson's development. Yeah, it wasn't sunshine and rainbows. It was more like <laughs> natty ice and no warm natty ice. Um, gosh, what else sucks? Uh, midterm exams. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I have to try to think of things off the top of my head. Um, foul odor. You know, yeah. it was more like that in the first preseason game, right there. So it's odd. It's odd you would pivot to. Uh, he's the guy. He's the guy. All right, coming up next, some interesting Twitter reactions, some, <laughs> some hilarious responses to uh, QB1 being named. And, man, there's a bad take or two along the way. We'll compare notes. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Uh, honestly, I was shocked. You know, uh, I've been grinding and putting in work just to, you know, get the title. But, you know, it's not really all about a title. You know, I'm, I'm just trying to make sure I'm ready for the team. You know, despite, you know, being labeled as QB1, you know, I still got other guys in the room helping me, you know, get to that standard. So I'm forever thankful for them. You know, I appreciate them, and I'm glad, you know, I did get the nod. And, you know, I do have the, the trust in, the, in everybody in the building to think that I am QB1. Well, you know, Anthony's just been progressing, you know, the growth he's, he's shown, you know, and then obviously going into Buffalo, you know, playing against a lot of their starters, you know, he showed great signs of, of improvement and uh, like the things he did and, 
it's an opportunity for him now to get a lot more reps with the ones going forward, uh, and then we go from there. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. What the hell is Shane Steichen talking about? What is he talking about? Jimmy, help me out with this. He showed great signs against the Bills starters? What? With one throw to Alec Pierce that was on the money? That's it? How about the hitch routes that were nowhere close to being accurate? How about the bad decision, throwing off his back foot, falling away? Like he's shooting a James Edwards uh, dated reference. Remember Buddha Edwards for the Detroit Pistons bad boys? That's what he did. That's, he was shooting a fall away. It's not a fall away jump shot. He's, he's throwing a pass. Man, you go back and look at that intercept. You can tell I'm all, I'm all revved up over here, Jimmy. Goodness. <laughs> you go back and look at that interception. And all the, oh, Isaiah ran the wrong route. He ran a simple out route. There's no route that Isaiah would have run where that would have been an accurate pass. Okay? Like, that's, it's a forced throw. It's a bad throw. It's I mean, it, it looks like to me McKenzie is drifting upfield and it looks like Richardson's trying to throw a screen. He was supposed to go out into the flat because there was a blitz coming from the slot corner. And that's what Richardson was told from McKenzie because McKenzie pointed out the blitz. So it looked like the hot route in that instance, I think, was. Uh, for McKenzie to go into the flat because Reggie Wayne was pretty animated on the sideline about it. And even after the game, Isaiah McKenzie revealed that he he ran the wrong route. So I think that was the play there. And that's what Richardson was hoping for. And then once he started to throw, he was like, well, I'm already committed to throwing and I'm still inside the tackle oh, box. So gosh. I've got nowhere else well, look, to put it. So this he should have put it in the dirt. Is he he should have exactly. thrown throw the ball. He should not have thrown the ball. Like regardless of whose fault it was, he shouldn't have thrown the ball. Right. The glass half full look at that is, okay, that's a mistake. That a rookie quarterback that's inexperienced made, you want him to learn from that now. Like I'm, I'm not going to fault him that that happened. And that's the other thing you asked me earlier: how cautious they should be with him. I don't want him to be afraid to make mistakes. That doesn't mean that winning no longer matters in the National Football League. Yes, he should be going out there trying to win football games, trying to improve as a starting quarterback, but. I don't want him to be living in fear, regardless of when he would have gotten the start, that, oh, I, I can't make mistakes here because if I do, I'm going to be out of a job. It's not as simple as that with the timeline that he's on. He's going to have opportunities to fail, and he's going to. You said that when they drafted him. There, there's there are going to be many low valleys with whatever this roller coaster winds up being. But I want to see those because then I want to see, does he keep making those same mistakes or does he respond and improve from them? Now, I love Ryan Clark on ESPN, most notably the ex-Steeler. <laughs> he, said, he, said this, he said this about the Tua situation. Remember last season against the Bills? He hit his head on the back of the turf, and he was staggering. And the Dolphins said, oh, it was uh, back spasms over there. So this is what Ryan Clark said on ESPN. Don't pee on my face and tell me it's rain. Okay, now I've heard don't pee on my leg, and he went face. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm at with Shane Steichen, okay? Don't do what Ryan Clark said and tell me it's rain. Where oh, He showed great signs of progress against the Bills starters. When? When? Because I didn't see it at all. What are you talking about? That's the thing is, don't just tell wives' tales. Don't, don't tell me. If you want to tell me, look, the ceiling is so high, this guy has potential to the nth degree, fine. True. True and true. Stamp it. True. True. Yes. Yes. But as soon as you start telling wives' tales and you make Anthony Richardson out to be Paul Bunyan, it's like if you didn't watch the Bills game, you're like, yeah. 
Right on, coach. He did. He no, he didn't. He threw one good pass to Alec Pierce. That's it. He, he Period. Went, hard stop. He went too extreme to say that, like, to gloss over it and say it was a great performance or that he was proud of what he saw out of him from the majority of that game. The only part that I will tip a cap or say, okay, I see where you're coming from there, is what we mentioned earlier. He throws that interception, and I'm not lowering the bar here. I'm just talking about we don't know what type of quarterback he's going to wind up being because of the lack of reps. The The negative side after that pick is, here we go. This is going to be a long, nightmarish day. This is what we've been talking about. The struggles are going to be abound. Here we go. And that's not what happened. He responded. He led them down the field for a drive that should have ended in points. Didn't wind up ending in points off a missed field goal. But that is a positive takeaway. For me, for a rookie quarterback, as raw as he is, to respond after that interception the way that he did, I'm not saying I would have directly named him the starter, but like, <laughs> yes, that's a positive. It's a whole other thing, though, to say it's positive, great game, and we named him the starter. I don't get that one plus one equals two equation, right. but there were positives from that game. Enough to name him the starter? I, mm. I don't think so, but enough that I'm like, what I said yesterday, I want to see more. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's We agree on this. Let's stick with what we do agree on for a second here. <laughs> This uh, happened after the interception. Richardson fires too high. Yeah, to Michael Pittman Jr. Yep. on a hitch route. He's 6'4". You know, good throws don't eliminate the bad throws. That's what I would absolutely stress with any quarterback, whether it's Anthony Richardson, whomever, right? If you have a good throw, he had a great throw to Alec Pierce that doesn't eliminate a bad throw to Pittman Jr. You know, and we're grading on this highlight like curve Ooh, did you see that one throw though yeah i saw it and i saw three bad ones so what are you really saying you know what i mean like i'm not saying you specifically jimmy i'm saying anybody who is saying something like that i just that's the way it works especially in the nfl is you've got to be consistently good not just give some highlight throws here and there and then miss the layups that can't happen and so that's what i'm really annoyed by is the utter grading on a curve for a guy that supposedly has this huge skyscraper-like ceiling, and that just doesn't add up to me. I'm like, am I in the Twilight Zone? This guy has all this potential, and he's not doing something simple like throwing an accurate hitch route, and it's all good. It's totally fine. Like, oh, I showed great signs against the Bills starters. I'm yanking my hair out with these lies that are being told. It's not the truth at all. I don't need it to be glossed up the way that it was from his comments. Like, I'm not going to disagree with you on that, but like, that feels misleading. The honest part about it in terms of why they want him to be the starter now, in my mind, would be they feel like they want to close the door on it, give him all the reps. You're right. He doesn't need to be named the starter to get all the reps, but that's the path they've chosen. And I can I can buy into that and believe that. What I can't fully buy into believe in is, well, what we saw from the Buffalo game is why we're naming him the week right. one starter. Right. I'd even be willing to, and, and he said this as well in one of his question and answers with the media, he highlighted what he's seen at training camp and what he's seen up to this point. And if you want to judge on that body of work, then you probably have a little bit stronger of a case than just saying it was off the Buffalo game. But you mentioned the missed throws, and that's another point that you and I don't disagree on. I don't like to see that, but I think there's a strong chance, maybe not just on hitch routes, you see incompletions. You see accuracy numbers that are sub-60, that it is not what you want to see out of your starting NFL quarterback. 
this is not to say, once again, that he is going to be this quarterback. But the one he's linked to, at least from the accuracy issues, is Josh Allen. Took three seasons for him to be able to, entering that third season, when he finally, whatever changed with him, whether it was off the field work, with, 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 with different throwing coaches, with different trainers, whatever it was that clicked for him, it happened that third season, and you've seen consistently now the last three seasons, north of 60% completion percentage from a starting caliber quarterback. I wouldn't be surprised at all if this year it's in that 50 to 55 range Ugh. from Anthony Richardson Ugh. and that's gross and and I I I I I'm I am I am have that same guttural reaction that you do to it but if there is growth there I want to see it I want to see it like I, I don't if, if this is always going to be yeah. if he's going to be 50 55% the rest of his career and he flames out and it didn't yes. pan out I don't want to wait any longer I want to go and dive in head first right now I the timing I agree with you with very weird very odd but this is what I was asking for all along is if you feel like he's ready for the next step which is all the reps in the world you give him the keys week one that's what they've done and now they're gonna have to live with the results of that whether it's this season or multi-year faceted results that's what they're gonna have to live with by the way um, Tim Tebow completed 50% of his passes in his rookie season. I just want to, I just want to put that right there. <laughs> Didn't have him on the bingo sit. card today. That's, just, that's... Yeah. Just, you know, when we're talking 50 to 55 completion rate, two, two great, two great Gators right there. That's what I heard. I know about you. It's the next great Gator <laughs> to come out of that factory over there. Um, yeah, man, it's, uh, well, we've got a couple of tweets here. Let me say this real fast, because a shout out to Jason and John. They pointed out that Bryce Young has been named QB1 to start the season. That had happened last month. My bad. Why you got to wreck my flow with these facts <laughs> over here, right? No, but it, they're right. And so props to them. John wrote in and said, Reich announced uh, Bryce Young as starter several weeks ago. Also, this is very nice, right? You can be nice on Twitter. It can happen. Or X, whatever it is. Also, AR5 as starter gives him a chance to get things worked out this season and positions the Colts to get Harrison Jr. in the draft, they win more with Gardner. I mean, I get it. I understand that. But that's all I ask, Jimmy, is it can't be only positive. (laughs) This sounds like the ultimate statement from me. Goodness, that should be on my tombstone when I leave this (laughs) earth. (laughs) Brian, no, 1977 to whatever, 2024. I'll give myself a year and a half. That's nice. Get your affairs in order. That's good. Nice. It it cannot all be positive, right? Like, that's the thing I'm hearing with Anthony Richardson, where for some people, it's only positive. Naming him QB1 in this weird time, that's great. That's good. And hey, it, it gives him a chance. Right? Uh, to hit the ground running, or if he's bad, he gets the kinks out, and that's good. And then if we lose a bunch of games, we get a high draft pick, that's good, and that's awesome. It can't be great all across the board. There have to be some legitimate landmines, football wise, that you might be stepping on here. Like throwing a guy that's thrown fewer than 400 passes in his college career out there as your week one starter. You don't think that can stunt his growth a little bit? There's no potential risk for this actually to work against you? No, it's only good. Only good can come from this. It's like, what are we talking about here? This is, we mentioned you and I are on different philosophical views of what to do with a rookie quarterback in this example. I'm not saying that you can't be nuanced and you can't go case by case, but in this particular case, and for a quarterback that is as raw as he is, the 
argument, and it's not a positive, it's just a, a fact of the situation, is if it stunts his growth throwing him out there week one and his NFL career is doomed because they started him week one, he was never going to succeed as a starter in the NFL. That, that, that That's just the way I view it because if you're in the National Football League and it doesn't work out for you, you take a misstep, this isn't saying this is what's going to happen to Anthony Richardson, but look at what's happened with Zach Wilson in New York. He went from being a starter right away to being New York's final answer now at the quarterback door, and two years later, they bring in Aaron Rodgers, and he's the backup, and he's at a rude awakening within the National Football League. Now, I get it. Franchise expectations, timelines, all that are different between these two franchises, but that's how fast it happens in the NFL. And the verbiage now on Zach Wilson is this is a career reset for him, How does he respond for Zach Wilson? If he doesn't end up doing anything other than being a perennial backup for his entire NFL career, he will have been a failure and he will have been a quarterback that was never going to make it as a starter in the National Football League. If Anthony Richardson, all the hype, all the praise, all the ceiling doesn't pan out in the NFL because they started him week one over week seven, he was never going to be an NFL quarterback to begin with. Okay, coming up, Jimmy. I'm going to blame your generation, (laughs) partly responsible for this utter barrage of ridiculous Richardson love, and then some positive and negative tweets, which are entertaining on both sides. I'm Brian, though. He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You know, I blame you, Jimmy. <laughs> Brian, though, and Jimmy Cook with you here on The Fan. Um, listen, we are in a microwaved sports society now right we need it now 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 need it now it's uh the smartphone day and age where i need it now i don't want to wait waiting is the new four-letter word (laughs) wait replace the f word it's the new (laughs) dirtiest word ever i don't want to wait i want it now i don't want to wait like now is the new what was the movie where the the character was like precious huh like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Lord uh, of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. That's my Brother, fault. That's, a, that's a new fine. one. The new precious is now. <laughs> you need it now. We're so with Anthony Richardson. Or, yeah. or it's my money and I want it now. There you go. <laughs> that works too. That's my quarterback. I want him now. I want him to be out there as the week one starter. That's what it is. Waiting is like a dirty word. Why would you wait when we could just have it now? That's the way most people think now. <laughs> So this is this is the start of your uh, old man yells at cloud days. No, this no, is, no, this, this is no. the beginning. Mark it down. No, August fifteenth, twenty twenty three. I'm just telling you. Sometimes <laughs> it's better to wait. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that is a great listen. Your guy is a perfect example. So this was one of the uh, the tweets. So we'll get to the positive and the negative tweets. Sports Illustrated put together. The people that were responding to the news of Anthony Richardson being named QB1 for the Colts. And one of the tweets is uh, J. Bill's Games. And he writes, Only way to get better is by playing. I like the decision, unless you're sitting behind a Hall of Famer, like the Aaron Rodgers-Favre situation, 
or have a Hall of Fame coach, Mahomes with Andy Reid, sitting on the bench and watching doesn't really do much. If Richardson can reach his potential, watch out. Again, the P word, potential. Okay. Now, look at your guy Mahomes, Jimmy. He sat behind Alex Smith. Okay? He's not going into Canton. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Alex Smith is not going to be a Hall of Famer. Yet, Patrick Mahomes, easily the best quarterback in the league right now. Two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs, you know, all his credentials. He backed up Alex Smith for an entire season minus one start against the Broncos in the final game of the season. Didn't stun his growth. Everything worked out fine. So this idea that it doesn't really work to sit unless you're backing up a legend or you've got a legendary head coach, I just don't buy it. I don't buy how that couldn't be beneficial to Anthony Richardson at all. Do you know one of my biggest regrets as a Chiefs fan outside of D Ford being offsides in the AFC Championship game? <laughs> what is that? It is, I think, and look back at what the 2018 Kansas City Chiefs would have been like if, or 2017 Kansas City Chiefs would have looked like if Patrick Mahomes was the starter Ooh. right away. Because I love Alex Smith. I think he's a great human being, and I get why they didn't throw Mahomes out there right away for two reasons. One, that's Andy Reid's philosophy on the matter. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to have him learn and sit behind. But also, as Joel pointed out to us, and I've said on the show before, they were still a perennial playoff team. They felt like they had a good group built around Andy Reid's offense that Alex Smith was a starter. He was the more experienced guy, and they didn't want to shake up the drink. They wanted to leave it where it was. But this is where you go into what matters more, the coach, the player, the development. How do players become great? Is it just because they work at it really, really hard? How much did the coach matter? How much did sitting a year matter? We'll never know the real answer to that, but Mahomes absolutely lit the league on fire his first year as a starter in 2018. He winds up throwing the most touchdown passes and most yardage in the league outside of Peyton Manning as a rookie, wins the MVP going away. And that Chiefs team floundered around and lost the year before to Marcus Mariota on a self-caught ball that was tipped down that he walked into the end zone and scored. Thanks, quarterback, for reminding me of that in the opening scenes of Mariota's section of the Netflix documentary series. And it was another frustrating, where is this team going? What are we doing? Is Andy Reid, is this the answer? Is it the defense's fault? It was a maddening offseason. And then you put in Mahomes, and they're contenders for not a playoff spot, AFC Championship games, Super Bowls. And I wonder for a really long time what would have happened had they started him right away. That said, that Chiefs team, I feel that way because they were built, particularly on the offensive end, to be a contender. This Colts team is not built that way. So I can't confidently look at you and say, well, had they started Mahomes, they would have done really well. That might have been because of the supporting cast. I don't feel that way about what Anthony Richardson has in front of him. Like, good, they're starting him now. They're going to instantly contend. That's not the way I feel about this situation. Okay. Well, there are a few things. I'll go rapid fire. So, Mahomes, there's no way to know if he started his rookie season. That's the first thing. What we know is he's not throwing 50 touchdown passes. He did that in year one as a a first-year starter, right? Like, after sitting almost the entire year. I don't think there's any way as a rookie he's throwing 50 touchdown passes. So the point is, sitting... I think helped him. And which which approach makes more sense to you? Is it the Chiefs who had Mahomes sit for almost the entire season minus one start and saying he's got to show us that he's ready to handle it? Or the Colts saying in spite of him showing us he's not re- ready to handle it, 
Let's throw him out there anyway, right? Like, that's what we just saw from Anthony Richardson against the Bills. You compare that to the Chiefs. Like, Mahomes sat all year. He played well in Week 18 against the Broncos in that final start of the season. And then he was the guy the next year. Like, the Chiefs' approach makes way more sense. But the core difference is something you've highlighted many a time whenever you've looked at Richardson's numbers compared to other quarterbacks, and that is he didn't have the reps in college that Mahomes had that any other quarterback that you want to lead. And if the answer is it's a reps thing, sitting and waiting on the sidelines, not your argument. Your argument of Week 7 is more reasonable. But the idea of sitting him an entire year... Then we're back having this conversation next August of, oh, look at the lack of reps that he had. Is he really ready for this? Like, <laughs> if it's a reps thing like Steichen believes it is, you throw him out there week one. No, no way. Hard pass. Mahomes had all those college reps and still sat. And it's worked out great. <laughs> and Richardson doesn't. And he's out there in week one? That doesn't add up. We'll see what the dean thinks, though. Mike Chappell, Colts, uh, Colts reporter. Uh, he drops on by next. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cooks, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. Please welcome in Mike Chappell, Colts reporter for CBS4, Fox 59, joining us here on The Fan. Uh, Mike, good afternoon, man. I got to ask you, working for two different networks, it hasn't worked out great for me. I want to know what your approach was. Do you just say, I'm Mike Chappell, so this is happening? How do you approach that exactly? You mean with what, uh, two stations or what? Yeah, 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 with CBS and Fox. I just put them both together, and uh, we've got two different websites. So, one sto- you know, the story goes with both of them, so I'm just kind of like, you know, I- I- I'm for whoever is, is promo- promoing it at the time, so... As long as the check's clear, I don't care. <laughs> I love that it's worked out for you, man. That's great. Now, how about uh, Anthony Richardson named QB1? You were right there, and uh, he said he was shocked by the decision. Were you shocked that he's shocked? No, I mean, like he even mentioned, it was all about the timeline when a lot of us expected this to be the decision. And I guess you could be surprised that it happened today. But what we've always talked about is we would know how they look at this by who takes the first team reps. The first couple of weeks it was it was divided, and recently it's been Richardson, and he he took him today. He's going to take him. He would have taken him against the Bears. So just name it and get it out of the way, and and then you can officially, I guess, build the offense around what he does, which is totally different from what. Ben Chu does. It, it, it's just that one bit of news we don't have to worry about. The fact that he was shocked, uh, it, he said it was just hearing the news, just hearing the words. You know, it's one thing that he said, I've been working towards this, and I think in the back of his mind he was hoping for it. But then when you get the news that, hey, you're the guy, as he called it, QB1, uh, it's got to be something of a shock to you. 
But I think deep down he knew, and Gardner mentioned it too. He said he was hurt and disappointed, but he also said that Richardson is a future. He understands that. He understood that when he signed here. He was going to be somebody. So it's just, I guess the timing was strange, but I think we all anticipated this being the final result at some point. Chapin, both those media scrums with Anthony Richardson and with Shane Steichen, I know you mentioned in your story that it was a face-to-face conversation last night, lasted about two hours. Uh, what all, if anything else that isn't the top quote, which is he was shocked and Shane Steichen's reasoning for doing it, what all was outlined over the course of that nearly two-hour meeting they had last night? Well, I think they don't go really in-depth. Shane Steichen doesn't go hardly any in-depth. Sure. But what Richardson said, is, he said, we talked about three minutes about the starting job of this. He said the rest of the time was about, you know, the chemistry and life and, and, and sort of non-football things. Maybe just what, you know, what what he should expect and moving forward. So, you know, it wasn't all that much about, hey, you're the guy and this is what we're going to do and this and the other. It was more just about just shooting the ball, which they've got a lot of, you know, all these guys – you know, Richardson's still new to everybody, so they're trying to learn about him, learn, you know, what, what makes him tick, what are his, his likes and dislikes, and that's between players, and it's also between coaches and players. So would love to have been in the room just to hear him BS, but I get the impression it was much more just about relationships and building chemistry than it was about, okay, you're the guy. Mike Chappell joining us here on The Fan is this solely Steichen's decision to name him QB1? Oh, I'm sure they talk, but it needs to be. It needed to be. You, you, you brought him in here with the idea that he was going to be working with somebody, whether it was Richardson or another young quarterback. And I'm guessing that with all the input they had prior to the draft, I would like to think that Steichen had the heaviest input because it's going to be his guy. I mean, the franchise is tied to whatever the quarterback is, but but you brought Steichen in to work with that guy. So I'm sure that the owner, general manager, and, and the coordinator all sat down or, or at some level talked. But this has got to be the head coach's call. It has to be. And, and he knows more than anyone if Richardson is, is as ready as possible. He's not ready. There's no way he's ready. But kind of like ready or not, but he's got to be at some level prepared enough to to protect himself, know the schemes, know the blocking schemes, know the playbook. Obviously, the timing's going to come to be a work in progress. He had a couple. You know, he's, he threw high to Pittman once in Buffalo, and he threw behind Grantham once. So get used to it, folks. This is sort of who he is, at least early. So, uh, but but I back to your question. This has this has to be driven by the head coach. If not, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You're setting them both up to fail, and and I think they've learned over the past year or so. You can't undermine the the the, the coach and l- let this guy do what he was brought in to do. Or if he, if you don't, why did you bring him in here? Both of them, I, I would say. 
Chap, we discussed this earlier in regards to how aggressive the play calling is going to be or how they're going to ease him along, not just this week, but week one and onward throughout the 2023 campaign. Do you expect there to be kid gloves from a play calling standpoint, or is this going to be let him be him and let's learn from both the good and the bad that comes with that? I, I think both. I, when I talked the last time I talked, not the last time, but when I talked to Jim Ursa, he said, well, he said, you know, they're going to they're gonna have a plan. They're going to have a, 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 a year one slash year two offense for, for him to where he'll be able to do what he does but it's not going to be the whole plate. It's just, it can't be. He, he's, you know, people need to keep in mind, Peyton Manning won 39 games at Tennessee. This kid started 13. So it, it, it's apples and oranges on what they've done. So you, you, it would be ridiculous and counterproductive to say, here's the playbook. We're using every page. They're going to tater this back somewhat. Uh, but at the same time, they're going to they're gonna put, put his – talents on display that's that's what he is that's who he is so i I think it's going to be somewhat scaled back but it's still gonna you're going to see the arm you're going to see those i mean very few quarterbacks make that throw that he made to pierce at the right pylon that that was a beautiful throw of course you got to catch the doggone thing but i I just think in the rpo he ran to the left where favorite brown was called for holding that's what he does so training wheels, whatever the term you want to use, it'll be a scale-back offense in my mind, but it's still going to showcase what this guy does because other than that, you're not letting him be him. Yeah, Chap, I had a flashback to the Packers at the Bills last year, and Green Bay was down big. They were down by about 17 points, and they were still pretty conservative. They were just running, running, running mostly and not just saying, Rodgers, bring us back. Do you think the first couple of games might look like that if the Colts are down? It's fairly conservative as they try to get Richardson up to speed here at the early part of his career. Yeah, good question. I don't know. It, it's you st- we still don't know what the team is going to be around him, and by that I mean the running back. Uh, that th- that simply has to be resolved. I mean, it just does. Uh, and to, to to throw the quarterback out there without surrounding him with as good of people as you can. Keep in mind, Peyton goes three and thirteen. He had Marvin and Pollard and, and Marshall Falk, and he had he had a good offensive line, and things were in place for, for him to succeed. And he still threw what was it twenty eight interceptions, mm-hmm. still yeah. a rookie record. So uh, I, 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 to say how they're going to approach it, if they get in that situation, I don't know. They're not just going to have him hand off and throw 15 passes a game. They're going to run their offense. I think Steichen's going to be aggressive. You're just going to have to not put the court, rookie quarterback in too many bad situations because there's going to be there's going to be some bad. I mean, I remember Peyton going to. Uh, New England early in the season and throwing three interceptions and looking awful, awful doing it. So uh, you just have to kind of strap it up and know there's going to be good, probably more bad than good just because because the team isn't where it needs to be and the quarterbacks, again, played 14 games counting Buffalo. But this is the course they've decided to go. And, you know, it's funny. I think everyone's really – Curious, anxious, 
and maybe willing right now to go through a four or five win season as long as you see the quarterback making progress. I want to see if that's still the case when, you know, November, they haven't won much and everybody's struggling. And, and is the patience is still there or not? Because it's, I don't think this would have been a, a playoff team in the best situation because there, there are some deficiencies. But it's it's gonna it's gonna be a work in progress all year long just because the the inexperience of the quarterback every week he's gonna see something different. How does he respond to it? Uh, but if nothing else, it gives. I've said this from the start when they drafted him. What this does is it gives everyone, the fan base and and, and everyone, hope and a direction for the future. And that's what they haven't had for the last well since a certain quarterback retired with, oh, by the way, the Bears in town for the next of the last preseason game. So huh, we'll see what happens. The Dean Mike Chapel of Fox 59 and CBS 4 with us here on the Fan Midday Show. Chap, in case anybody needed a reminder that was a Colts fan, I don't think that the front office, that Bauer, that anybody at Steichen needed a reminder on this, but in case they needed a reminder for the type of player they were getting in a veteran quarterback like Gardner Minshew. How big was today in that reminding aspect of how he's handled all this and knowing that he is going to be a valuable resource in that quarterback room for Anthony Richardson this season? He will be. Now, again, I, this is one that if you'd gotten Gardner off to the side and say, hey, between you and me, because he told us, he said, hey, I was disappointed. You know, initially you're hurt because he's worked, he's worked to be the number one guy here. He has. Well, at the same time, he knew when he signed here with that one-year deal that there was going to be some young quarterback here that was probably going to play. So I, I think it's really a, uh, it's, I think it's a rare quarterback backup guy who who understands. I'm not saying accepts his role, but understands his role and still works to help the young kid who just took his job. Uh, I think it's a bad thing if you if, if a guy ever accepts being a backup quarterback, and th- then you have issues. You really do. But I think he will be a good. Re- he has been a good resource. He will be a good resource. And and when if things go go really wrong and or or the, the starter gets hurt, he'll come in and play decent football. I, the problem, the issue, not the problem, but the issue with Minshew. Is you 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 know where his ceiling? You got a pretty good idea what his ceiling is, and it's it's at a certain level. You know, Rick Venturi calls him a singles hitter, which is you know that's what he is. But the, the NFL is a double, triple, and a home run league, and that's what the the young kid brings. But I, I would I think this is a great situation, not for Minshew, but for the rookie quarterback and the fact that. You know, Minshew was in this offense for a couple of years. So it, it, it was really – I'd love to really get Minshew and say, okay, what, get a couple of beers at him. Okay, what do you really – what's on your mind? <laughs> well, he knows. He, he understands. Uh, it, it's a good, it's a good uh, alignment now with him, and, and it could be a lot worse. It could be worse if he, if he didn't have that kind of approach. So I, I give him props for, for – you know, responding the way he did, but he wants to be a starter. That's what most quarterbacks want to do. Chap, I'm just curious what you think about this. If Anthony Richardson remains healthy, 
What do you think the chances are he doesn't remain QB1 the entire season? He would have to really, really look lost, I think, or just be getting beat up, mm-hmm. which I don't think that – I don't think the latter will be the case. He would have to, to really look like they, they've gotten the best of him, they've cracked his confidence, and, and that's what you have to be careful about because you, you can run quarterbacks – I heard what what you said earlier about if a guy doesn't make it for whatever reason, he probably wasn't going to make it. Mm-hmm. That's probably true. David Carr, I don't know. He, he had little chance in Houston back in the day because they just beat the heck out of him. But I think it would take a certain level of total confusion in bad play by the quarterback for that to happen. Uh, you know, hey, hey, sit a couple of games and kind of – look at it from a different angle. I'm not saying it can't happen, it won't happen. I think he would have to really look lost and befuddled and lose his confidence and then cuz then you then you couldn't let it spiral. I don't think that happens, but it's certainly a possibility. Yeah, no doubt. Well, hey chap, always appreciate your time, man. Uh good catching up with you and uh have a good rest of the day. Thanks guys. Appreciate it, chap. Thank you. There he is, Mike Chapel, Colts reporter for CBS4. Fox 59. Yeah, man, I immediately just thought of Justin Fields when he was saying that, right? The Bills uh the Bills, the Bears quarterback where that was the situation last year. He was a bit nicked up and he had to sit a couple of games. Um and hopefully that doesn't happen obviously with Anthony Anthony Richardson. Uh but I, I that's just I'm curious about that. If it's not an injury thing, if he's not nursing something, He's just flat out struggling. Remember Sam Darnold saying, I'm seeing ghosts out there. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> if Anthony Richardson says that, I'm really curious if they would sit him for a week or two. That is not what you want, obviously. No, that that's a path that if you go down it, you are opening up a whole number of doors of confidence and just, you know, overall maybe in over his head type outlook that you, you don't want to hear, you don't want to think about. But but as Chad mentioned there, that's what it would have to be with you naming him the starter now. It has to be clear and obvious, not after like three weeks, but after a fair amount of body of work that, man, he's he's doing more harm to himself than good being out there right now. Maybe we need to reevaluate and, and take a beat and pause on this. I don't think that's what's going to happen, but you have to look at every potential option here of he <laughs> he challenges for rookie of the year and he leads the Colts to a division title to he he falls flat on his face and you're getting Minshew chance by week eight. Like that's you have to look at every potential doorway when evaluating how this thing's going to play out. I don't think either one of those the extremes I highlighted are going to be the case. I think it's probably somewhere like our centrist views yesterday of central positivity and central negativity, I think it's somewhere closer in the middle for a by and large 18 game season. You know what I wish? I wish these season. I wish these coaches were like Pinocchio. Or if they were lying, <laughs> the nose just or if they just say something that's totally inaccurate, the nose works the same way. Because Steichen 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 would have a schnoz right now, you know? <laughs> he would, when he's like, oh, he showed great signs uh, against the Bills starters. You know, like the nose already going out a couple of inches right there, where that's just not true. But uh, maybe wishful thinking, positive spin, uh, total 
and utter embellishment, whatever. But I still wish the nose worked the same way right there. How about some negative and positive tweets? So Sports Illustrated, they put together a, uh, a hits, uh, like a best of hits, if you will. Some of the tweets in reaction to the Colts naming Anthony Richardson QB1. So we'll go negative to start off because I think it's just funnier. Uh, one is Minshew Magic Week 3. <laughs> Oh, come on now. I mean, come on. It's, it's not true. It's funny. Sorry. I just... No, no. It, it, it's just like the whole water wing things with you earlier. Like it's that it, you didn't go into a pool without water wings until you were 12. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's funny. Like I, right. The man, floaties. It, yes, yeah. Yes. I, I didn't go in with without floaties <laughs> through age 12. Um, Nash wrote, Thought the entire uh, thought. Wow, I can't speak. Thought the entire point of him was that he'd sit behind the starting quarterback and learn because he's not league ready. Thought wrong, Nash. That's what you did. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a legitimate tweet, though. That's not just a complete hater tweet, right there. Another one. He went six and seven in his only year as a starting QB in college. Now, this Jimmy, I do not agree with. Mahomes was not winning game after game after game at Texas Tech. No. So that doesn't mean you have to have this sterling record. I mean, goodness, we could go down the list. Colt McCoy had a fantastic record in college. He hasn't done anything in the pros. So You mentioned Tim, Tim Tebow, Tebow earlier. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> Tebow. Um, this was sort of funny, but not true. Who raised y'all just responded 1-16. in 16. <laughs> <laughs> Now, some of the positive ones, okay? Positive reaction, or at least intended to be. Sean. I'm all for this. It will be a rough season. But he needs more game experience to improve, and maybe we are so bad that we bring Marvin Harrison Jr. to Indy next year. Uh, okay, it's it's optimis, it's optimism mixed with some reality right there. I'm okay with that one. It's a balanced tweet. He's fired tweet. up for it? Yeah. yeah. Fired up for it. Um, Chris, we won. <laughs> okay. Tyler, there we go. That's what we like to hear. I like how he's speaking for everybody. Now we just now we just start Dion as running back, and we are chilling. I mean, you had me in the first half. Path to success. Kick JT to the curb. Dion Jackson, it's your show. Yep. Let's get it. Now we're chilling. I don't know that that's the answer, but. I don't either. Um, Spider Culture wrote, Baby Cam Newton. I hope not, Jimmy. That, to me, is not a compliment. Cam Newton had one sensational season when he was the MVP of the NFL and a bunch of average seasons. Yep. That was Cam Newton. He dealt with injuries. He, he never, Ron Rivera. Right, Ron Rivera. He, he never reached what, on a consistent year-by-year basis, a lot of people, including myself, I was fascinated by Cam Newton, the player, wanted him to reach. Yeah. But, man, that one season was electric, Brian. It was. <laughs> it was a great season, and that's it. Look, this is a great question, okay? You remember uh, the Price is Right? They had this game Punch Out? Yep. So it's this big board you would punch four holes. Still do, yep. They still do it? Mm-hmm. I haven't watched now that Bob Barker is no longer doing Um. And so you would, he would reach in, take out an envelope. And I think you could win up to $10,000. And so he'd show you, and it's like, hey, $500. What do you think? And, and they would have the decision of stick with that or try for something better, right? Hey, here's uh, $2,000. That's pretty good. Oh, I'm going to stick with that. If for Anthony Richardson, 
If this is the Price is Right punch out, and I say the envelope is Cam Newton, huh? he's going to have a career that resembles production-wise Cam Newton, not stylistically, just production. Are you saying, that's good enough for me? Or are you saying, throw it back, I want to do better than that? Now, there are a lot of quarterbacks that did far worse than Cam Newton. you got to keep that in mind before you answer here, Jimmy. Does that include where he carried them? Like, does that include the fact they went to a Super Bowl? Yes. Includes production and getting to the Super Bowl. There's a fumble on the ground, and he says, I might break a nail. No thanks. <laughs> you couldn't help yourself, could you? I could. That's <laughs> true, though. Um, I'd throw it back. And the reason I would throw it back uh-huh. is I, I've had this thought a lot. Like, I'm sorry, I'm going to bring the Chiefs back into it. Like, when they first made it that first Super Bowl and they're down at half, like, there's a level of appreciation of, like, wow, like, I never thought in a million years the Chiefs would be here. Like, this is this is great. But looking back on it, I'm, I'm so glad they won that game. Like, I don't want to just go there. I want to taste the championship. And that's why I'm going to throw it back. Mm-hmm. I'll throw it back and roll the dice, knowing that you're right. There are yeah. definitely worse outcomes than an MVP season and a Super Bowl championship game run. But I'd throw it back. Would you? You know, it's interesting, Jimmy. I would. And way more times than not, we would both be wrong. Yeah, right? for sure. And that's the thing is we're always hoping for something better, something better, something better. Uh, you can do a whole lot worse than Cam Newton's mm-hmm. career. Yeah. There are a lot of, you know, Jamarcus Russell's. Goodness, Johnny Manziel, there's a new doc on Netflix. He's like, I didn't watch any film. It's like, wow, shocker. You only lasted two years. I can't believe that's what <laughs> happened. But that's a first round pick who a lot of people thought was going to be the answer. <laughs> you know, and compare that to Cam Newton's career. Like, that's how bad it could potentially be when you throw that back and say, nah, let's see the next envelope. Maybe it's better than Cam Newton's production. Yeah, I mean, they they had, in terms of, like, legitimate, I'm trying to, this this thing isn't sorting right. I was looking for years they also made the playoffs corresponding. So 12-4, and four, 15 and 1, 11 and 5, and those were their postseason appearances while he was there. Mm-hmm. Those were the years where they made it, and that's the type of regular season production you had. 3,000 yard seasons, um, 14 touchdowns on the ground uh, compared with, or 10 touchdowns on the ground compared with 35 touchdowns that key year. Yeah. Man, you're right. It is tough. Like, more often than not, we might be wrong doing that, but oh. it's just, it's. And if I'm a Colts fan that is old enough to remember, because if I'm old enough to remember the championship with Peyton, and I'm old enough to remember going back there again against the Saints in 09, like it, it shouldn't be a feeling of it's good enough for me just to get there. I would, I would want to, to borrow from Cam Newton's coach. I would want a riverboat Ron here, and I would want to <laughs> throw it back and play one more time. Yeah, and there's an argument where, hey, in a league with. Mahomes and Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts, and you could go on and on and on. That might not be good enough. That might not be good enough. It probably won't. It would give you a shot each year to be a contender. And, hey, that's better than a lot of teams right now Mm -hmm. have. (laughs) A lot better. But it's just that that desire to have better than that. I don't think that's necessarily wrong, but a lot of times it'll get you where Cleveland was. I mean, this is one of my favorite pieces of audio, Jimmy. This is from ESPN Cleveland. This is the draft party 
the night that the Browns selected Johnny Manziel. Listen to this reaction. With the 22nd pick of the 2014 NFL draft, the Cleveland Browns select Johnny Manziel. That's my favorite at the end. Yeah! Here we go. I don't know. Are we going to win nine Super Bowls in a row? I'm not sure. Maybe only eight. I don't want to get ahead of myself. And look at how it turned out. You know, so that is just, it's so interesting where, okay, let's take Colts fans here. It's easy to look at Browns fans and go, yeah, look how that turned out. You're in the same boat right now with Anthony Richardson. You know, it, it might turn out similarly years from now where, you know, I'm, in terms of washing out of the NFL, nothing more than that. It Baker, could be the Baker same thing. Be, Baker would be another example. He's still around in the National Football League, but right. it, didn't, it did not pan out in Cleveland. They were ready to abort and move on because they, I mean, a number of different reasons. I'm not going to try to analyze what the Browns did, but they made that decision to move on from him, and he's still trying to find a way to get back to a, a full-time starter position. He's still in the league, but he's still trying to find back to that opportunity. I'm just saying this, Jimmy, is sometimes hope can get you further from the truth. Sure. Right? Like... Uh, I do some filling stuff from Milwaukee, and I'm like, guys, like Aaron Rodgers was a back-to-back MVP and took a noticeable step back last season. You think it had something to do with no Devontae Adams and a bunch of young guys to throw to? What do you think Jordan Love in his 83 career passing attempts is going to do with yeah. first and second year guys? And they're like, no way, no, no, this guy. Yeah, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> hope is getting you further from the truth. That's the case. And at least in year one, I think the same is true with Anthony Richardson, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I look, I'm not a Jordan Love. Like, it's going to work out for him because of the spot starts at the actual, like, NFL full-speed regular season level. I, I never really liked what I saw from him. Green Bay has no choice but to give him a chance. But it's like, you know... You decided to invest the pick on him at a time where you have a Hall of Fame quarterback that's always going to keep you in contention, and he's begging for you to try to build more around him, and you go take a quarterback instead. You better hope you're right on that. Otherwise, especially if New York was to win it all this year, you're kicking yourself thinking about a wasted opportunity to try to get all you could have out of a surefire, no-doubter Hall of Famer. You didn't do that. He winds up forcing his way out, and... Boy, Jordan Love, the weight of the world is on his shoulders to prove that they were right to go do that. Yeah. All right, coming up next, um, we know experience matters. Some numbers behind that. And wow, Jimmy, you thought some of those tweets I read were negative? Nothing. You find your burner accounts? (laughs) Nothing compared (laughs) to this one. It's a doozy. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. So uh, we know how much experience means playing NFL quarterback, right? And then let me preface this. Jimmy, by no means am I saying Anthony Richardson is doomed with a lack of college reps. Okay, let me just make that clear. But it it would be beneficial if 
let's say he had, I don't know, over a thousand passing attempts in college compared to 393. Wouldn't you say that'd be more beneficial? Is that fair? If I could turn back time to borrow from Cher, sure, yeah, I'd be fine. If I could turn back time. I'd be fine. Man, such a great betting tie-in song right there. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite meme when I screw something up or don't fire when I should have. Nerfy in the Marlins game last night, that sort of thing. (laughs) Um, So I was just looking back with Shane Steichen, the quarterbacks that he has worked with in the NFL. You got Phillip Rivers, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, right? So if you look at their passing attempts just in college, Jimmy, Phillip Rivers over 1,700. You have Jalen Hurts just a little under 1,300 passing attempts. Jalen Hurts over 1,000 between Bama and Oklahoma. And then if you look at the pros, this is staggering with Phillip Rivers. I just went with Phil's NFL career up until 2016. And that's when Shane Steichen was the quarterback's coach with the Chargers. So just up and up through the 2015 season for Phillip Rivers, he attempted 5,339 passes in the NFL. So that's over 7,000 passes between college and the NFL before Shane Steichen is even a quarterback's coach. You know what I mean? Like, that's a staggering amount of experience. Now, you didn't have the same pro experience with Herbert and Jalen Hurts. Maybe that gives you a little bit more hope for Steichen working with Anthony Richardson. But I'm just saying, it's easy to talk about patience. It's harder to stay patient when you're not seeing the production. And I'm expecting it to be pretty rocky initially uh, because he just doesn't have the experience. So right out of the gate, I wouldn't be expecting a whole lot. No, I, I'm not either, but but there's no reason to be impatient year one. Yeah. Like, like as a, I don't mean from a fan base because I get it. Fans are impatient. Like that's, that's the nature of being a fan. You want instant results. You want to see your team succeed. You get frustrated when they don't. But from the side of things with Shane Steichen sits, for him, this is going to be a year of ups and downs and more than likely at least going in it's not exactly a big leap to say there's going to be more downs than there are ups your hope is that he grows from it he learns from it there, there shouldn't be a sense of impatience from Shane Steichen unless it's what Mike Chapel outlined earlier and of course you get that podcast interview on 1075thefan.com just search the fan midday show wherever you get your podcast which is he just looks so lost so out of his depth that you need to save him from himself and, and pull him back in. I don't think that's what's going to happen, but there shouldn't be a... I, I can't look at this, and I don't think Shane Steichen is either with... I oh, mean, I need it to happen by week five, by week seven. It is, you have the full season, and let's figure things out game by game, each film session, each practice, and see growth and improvement, even if it is a 4-13 and 13 campaign. I'm really curious how the game planning and play calling looks early on. We talked to Chap about this Mm -hmm. earlier in the hour, and I can't help but think back to Green Bay at Buffalo last season. It was a primetime game, and Rodgers and the Packers were down by 17, and they're still just running the ball. Like, run, 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 and throw a pass to keep them honest. It was like, my, what is happening? What am I watching right now? Very, very conservative. And they did inch their way back into contention while losing the game. I wonder, week one against Jacksonville, let's say you're down in a situation. 
17 in the fourth quarter. Is this, hey man, we're going to treat Anthony Richardson like we would, I don't know, a fifth-year guy? A tenth-year quarterback? Right? Like, I'm just so curious what the play calling looks like. If he still has training wheels on and we're trying to get him up to speed, or we're just saying, hey man, even though the playbook is a bit limited, you're not having training wheels here. It's go time. I'm so curious how he plays it, Shane Steichen, if that's the situation. And so much of that decision is going to be dictated, going to be dictated by two things. One, this offensive line, are they taking the steps back to close to where they were a couple of years ago and you can rely on them to create holes for wherever your running back is? If that's a no, then you need to have full confidence that your running back is going to be able to still find running lanes and avenues to make the most out of a rough situation in order to make that a legitimate option other than just punting drives away. That's why Jonathan Taylor is so big in this aspect and why you need to have him out there week one because that's not a bad way to ease him along and chew your way back into a game and, and keep him honest with maybe a... Anthony Richardson deep shot or, you know, whatever, a short yarded situation pass for him. You need to keep it balanced with a all pro talent like Jonathan Taylor. If Taylor's off the board and the offensive line is not up to par where you want it to be and you can't rely on the other running backs on the roster, I don't know how you ease him into things. You can't be mm-hmm. can't be quarterback draws or just scrambles every time for him. There needs to be balance there. So I don't hate that approach, but if it's not Jonathan Taylor out there, I don't know who I trust to fill that let's ease him along type role yeah. that a running back would do. Well, that's the crazy thing too is it wasn't that long ago where this exact same situation Jonathan Taylor would have much more leverage. But the running back market being where it is right now, it's uh, I'm not expecting a contract extension. But I don't know how many years you'd have to go back. I mean, not that long ago, Christian McCaffrey got a, a pretty decent sized deal when you look at <laughs> now what running backs are going for, right? So um, it, it might have been just a few years ago. It might have been a little longer than that. But rookie quarterback, number four overall pick, very limited starts and passing attempts in college. And we've got this running back who's, what, two years removed from an 1,800-yard rushing season? (laughs) Like, that would help his leverage by leaps and bounds. And I just don't expect anything but the Colts to continue playing hardball here. (laughs) I I, I would think for a second, Jonathan Taylor's agent is like, ooh, ooh, this is good. Anthony Richardson named QB1. (laughs) And then he's like, oh, yeah, the market is what it is right now. Yeah, they're not suddenly going to blink and offer him $16 million or, or whatever it is the actual number he wants because this is still a... I'm not saying that you wouldn't want to have Jonathan Taylor be your running back and, and retire a Colt, but, but those days from a dollars and cents standpoint and everybody being able to walk away from the negotiating table happy, you're gone. So that's not a feasible path anymore. What would be feasible and be beneficial for the Colts is give us one year of Jonathan Taylor as we ease along Anthony Richardson and they have the power for that to happen. It's going to be up to Jonathan Taylor if he wants to sit out and take financial penalties or if he wants to be out there ready to go for week one. But if he's not out there, that that changes my thinking of you still maybe ease him along, but it's not like that you know great Green Bay example you brought up where you're just able to eat away by pounding the rock and and you know throw in an occasional pass play here or there. Not without Jonathan Taylor 
or an equivalent running back of his caliber and last 24 hours they're flying off like a great sale on Black Friday. Zeke Elliott is in New England and Dalvin Cook is now in New York. So here's the super negative tweet, Jimmy, from the disturbed Bob One. He tweeted me, and let's just say he probably hasn't liked what I've been uh he's not smelling what I'm cooking here today. It's basically <laughs> A lot of rock parallels the last couple of days. He's not picking up what I'm putting down here with Anthony Richardson being QB1. He writes, you're no coach. You've lost at the game of life. Whoa. Man, that is unnecessarily (laughs) personal right there. The disturbed Bob One coming from my jugular. Goodness. I looked at his bio. He's a metal fan. How this is metal on metal your crime own. over That's here. Tough. Man, oh man. Unbelievable. Can't catch a break. All right, coming up next. This might be an even better bet than Messi scoring a goal. I'll throw it your way. We'll see what the crew thinks. I'm Brian No, he's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 the fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. Oh, man, I've got a bet for you. You know, the Sharps, they don't like to say it's a lock. (laughs) I'm taking you to Lock City, USA. This is better than Messi scoring a goal. Mm. And he scored a lot of them. That's strong. Eight and five games? Eight and five games has scored in every match he's played for Inter-Miami. Yep. As we look forward to week one of the NFL season, Anthony Richardson to throw an interception, yes, yes, yes. I don't know the line yet. There's going to be a lot of juice, okay? It might be around, uh, it's probably close to minus 200, I would imagine. Got to be at least minus 160. Got to be. <laughs> it might be a pick and a half. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Uh, what do you think about that, Jimmy? Hey, look, if you're going to be a Colts fan and you want to figure out ways to make money, leave no stone unturned. Um there's going to be mistakes. There are going to be mistakes. Is it is it outlandish to think he throw an interception in his first start? No, it's not. Um, but I, I'm just here for the ride to start off with before I start really backing up the Brinks truck for, for wagers like that. You know what I'm hoping for? I root for chaos from time to time, especially in the sports world. Pretty much only the sports world. Love me world. some chaos. Right there <laughs> with like, you. Yeah. I don't really root for chaos in life, you know? <laughs> but in the sports world, I do. How about X... Colts quarterback, at least had a cup of coffee, Matt Ryan, on the call for week one. And they bring up his comments where he called it a bleep show, his 18 months with the Colts. And he says, see what I'm talking about? You're starting this guy? You serious? And he just comes out swinging. What do you think about that? I mean, I wouldn't bet that is happening for a number of different reasons. That would be well outside of my mind anyway, where Matt Ryan's willing to go in terms of his character. The the comments themselves initially about the Colts organization surprised me enough, but I don't think this is some new heel turn by any means by yeah. Matt Ryan. I would also remind Matt Ryan that, yes, it was a blank show at times, but uh, so was your play on the field. So. That's true. Uh, there's no denying that. I just I'm waiting for the ex-player 
that comes out swinging. It's not going to be J.J. Watt. He's let that be perfectly known. He's like, I'm not going to be a hot take guy. I'm just going to analyze stuff, and I fell asleep before his next sentence. You know, But I'm waiting for the guy that's just – out of nowhere, you're like, hey, now, Matt Ryan, what are you looking for today? Well, I'm looking for uh, Anthony Richardson to throw a minimum of three interceptions is what I'm th- – <laughs> just a left hook like, whoa, this is Stephen A in his yeah, first that's, game. Yeah, that's what you're entering more into. You're entering more into – it's not going to be game day coverage. It'll be some undisputed or some first take action is where you're going to find those type of comments, I think. That's what I'm hoping for. Okay, let's get to some award-winning picks right here. The Jay Cook Plays of the Day. This is me, all right? I'm not a f- athlete. This is my f- way. This is how I win. Today's Plays of the Day. Give me the Seattle Mariners. This is at minus 142. Juice to one of the money line over the Kansas City Royals. Also going to take the Atlanta Braves. Lay one and a half on the run line for the Braves as they host the New York Yankees. That at minus 115. Who's pitching for the Yankees uh, Luis Severino on the mound Ooh. for the Yankees. Uh, that, that could also be, uh, I would take... I would take many a run in that first <laughs> inning uh, if I was a betting man, which I clearly am. A late addition to the plays. Give me the Cincinnati Reds toward the money line over the Cleveland Guardians. And now in MLS action, we're taking, of a- we're taking Inter-Miami to qualify. That's a minus 135. They play Philadelphia Union today. They're going to advance and move on to the championship of League's Cup. Minus 135 there. And then Messi is an anytime goal scorer. Got it last night at minus 135. It's minus 150 currently. One and one yesterday. You guys have any plays? I do. You have anything, Eddie? I do. You want a fancy intro? Always. Everybody, stop what you're freaking doing right now. The man, the myth, the legend is about to speak. If you've got money in the bank, get it out. It's time for Eddie Garrison's Nothing Can Go Wrong Locks of the Day. I like it. I got two plays in this one. I'm going a no-run second inning bet in the Reds-Guardians game. Like no run a, second inning. Yes. The Nursey? Yes. It's only because I don't want L.A. De La Cruz to screw me over uh, in the first inning with uh, him doing something. Uh, and in that same game, in the Reds-Guardians game, I'm going under five and a half. Through the first five innings, I really like the way both these pitchers have been throwing as of late, and the Reds have struggled against pitchers uh, that throw soft. And I'm going Rangers first five minus a half a run. Texas. Okay, the Rangers, first five innings. Got it. I've got one that I absolutely love. Love this. It makes no sense. I love these lines that make no sense. I've learned where I'm like, wait a minute, that doesn't add up. It actually does. Okay? That's the twist here. The Arizona Diamondbacks are 2-10 and 10 in August. They're awful. They're favored pretty heavily against Colorado tonight. They've got a pitcher, Mantiply. He's got an ERA over seven. Yet Arizona is favored. They're minus 155 on the money line. This is money line. This is run line. FYI, that's a bullpen game for the Diamondbacks. This is D-backs over six and a half team total. This is a heavy D-backs night. You know what it also is? It's a heavy JMV afternoon. Enjoy it. Keep it locked right here on The Fan.